the fire exit there and if you see flames and smell smoke I should leave very quickly right um, now do we have any apologies uh, for absence on declarations of interest sorry could you put your mic on please uh, Councillor Freeman and uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Right, okay. So we'll go through the. Uh, min Sorry. Um, I just feel I should declare an interest as the uh, member for housing because we have a planning application coming from our own team today. Um, I'm told it will be prudent if you leave the room for that application. Yeah, cabinet member for housing. Cabinet member for housing. Is. No, well, I've taken legal advice. That's what I'm that's right. told. Sorry. Chairman. Chairman. Sorry, I know it's self-evident. We also have apologies from Councillor Mills, who you're substituting for as chairman. Councillor Mills. Yes. I wondered why I was sitting here. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Get down to the minutes of the previous meeting. Does everybody agree that they're a true record? Is there any comments on uh, the last meeting? Chairman, sorry. Uh, I did give apologies. They're not recorded in here. I wasn't able to attend the last one. Okay, thank you, Councillor Riles. Right to the meeting proper. Now I've got. Right, this is UTT 181303 FUL, and this is Suffram Warden. And could the officer please take us through the report? Thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. Thank you, Chairman. The application site before us, uh, members will be aware of the application site and its uh, long, complex history, uh, which is fully discussed um, within the report in section 3 and 9. The application site was also at the last planning committee for the change of use to a gem. Um, the subject unit that we're talking about is unit three, which is located here. The application is for the variation of condition seven of a 2017 planning permission to allow the unrestricted sale of class A1 goods, uh, which non-food only, and the insertion of a mezzanine floor within the unit. These are the proposed floor plans. The, um, there would be no alteration to the external appearance of the unit or the layout of the wider scheme approved under the previous applications. Uh, this slide here shows um, the overall um, unit itself and the medicine floor um, above. 
In terms of the principle of the proposed scheme, little has changed uh, since the determination of the original application back in 2013 or the most recent application 2017. An updated retail assessment has been provided as part of the application to assess the impact of the proposed development. This outlines that the scheme has been extensively marketed um, with little interest shown in the unit under the current, um, current constraints of the retail use. However, um, there has, it's been stated that there is an interest in the proposed unit with the proposed amendments that form part of the application. The amendments um, are highlighted in paragraph 11.12 of the report, um, which highlight those which were approved back in 2017. It shows those that were combined with the 2017 amendments, the proposed mezzanine floor, whilst proposed as part of this application, um, to have an area of 232 square metres as a result of the total floor space bearing in mind the amendments which were previously approved back in 2017 it has a total increase of 133 square metres the council's retained retail consultants have been a consultant of the application in order to assess the retail impact of the scheme and the applicant's retail assessment which has been submitted Further information um, has been requested as a result and provided with regards to the impact implications upon the town centre. The advice provided uh, by the consultants is highlighted in paragraphs 11.18 to 11.20. In balancing the information which has been provided, it's been concluded that the proposed development continues to comply with the MPPF requirements and whilst it is considered um, to be on the edge of being significant adverse in terms of the um, impact upon the town centre. It's unlikely to res result in significant adverse impact on Saffron Warden Town Centre, subject to conditions recommended. The parking itself um, is acceptable. This hasn't changed since the last um, scheme. The increase in vehicle movements as a result of the proposed uh, amendments to the condition is highlighted to be minimal and would have a minimal impact upon the highway network. No objections as a result have been raised by um, ECC Highways to the current scheme. Um, similarly, no objections have been raised by environmental health in terms of impact upon the air quality as well, subject to conditions. Again, no eco uh, ecological issues are raised from the application, bearing in mind the nature of the scheme. As a result, the application has therefore been recommended for approval, subject to the transfer of the Section 106 agreement and the conditions listed on page 25 to 30, which include the amended Condition 7. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Shearsmith. We have one speaker, and that is the agent, Susie Stephen. Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity to speak this afternoon in support of the application to allow for the unrestricted sale of non-food goods and the insertion of a mezzanine floor in Unit 3 of the approved retail terrace at the Thraxted Road site. My name is Susie Stephen from Barton Wilmore and we are the agents for the applicant and landowner Granite. You will be aware that the site's progress and steps that Granite has taken in recent years to implement the permitted retail scheme with the opening of the Aldi store. 
You may also be aware that Granite is in the process of constructing the approved retail warehouse units. Once completed, this will bring important inward investment, a widened retail offer and local job creation to Saffron Walden. This application is linked to the implementation of the retail warehouse units as it relates to Unit 3 of the approved scheme. Since the scheme was originally approved in 2013, Granite has marketed the unit extensively to the bulky goods market in line with current restrictions on the sale of retail goods. However, due to the challenges of the retail market, a letting has not proven possible. The intention of this application is to improve the attractiveness of Unit 3 to the retail operator market. You will be aware that planning permission has recently been granted to allow the change of use of Unit 3 from restricted A1 retail to D2 gym, and I can confirm that my client has agreed terms in principle with a prospective gym operator to occupy this unit. However, until such time as an agreement for lease is signed, it remains important to improve the attractiveness of the unit to a range of non-food retail operators in order to safeguard the letability of the unit should the proposed deal with the gym operator fall through. We support the assessment and findings set out in the committee report which confirms the proposal is both acceptable in principle and against all detailed considerations. We have provided a detailed response to the, to the issues raised by Savills and their advice to the Council and we would wish to re-emphasise the scheme's compliance in retail policy terms to you this afternoon. The proposed development rate relates to a unit of just 882 square metres gross which falls below the, the MPPF and emerging local plan threshold for undertaking a retail impact assessment. In this context, it is of a scale that is not expected to give rise to any significant adverse impacts. Savills refer to the vacant former Beals unit and the implications of this for Town Centre Health. They do, however, fail to acknowledge that the former Beals unit has been reoccupied by Seasalt, Holland and Barrett and Costa Coffee. The reoccupation of this unit by tenants from different sectors has had a positive, positive effect on the Town Centre by further diversifying its attraction and offer. In turn, it reinforces the ongoing health of the Town Centre and in particular demonstrates strong retailer interest in the Town Centre. Savills previously acknowledged in their advice to the permitted scheme that impact between 2.39% and 3.59% was likely and such levels were not significant. The cumulative impact arising from our sensitivity analysis increasing by just 0.6% is clearly not materially different from their previous advice and certainly not at a level that could be reasonably to be considered to be significantly adverse. It is also important to recognise that the scheme will have the ability to claw back some of the significant expenditure that is currently being lost from Saffron Walden and the wider district to other towns and cities such as Cambridge. This will result in more sustainable patterns of travel and through additional retention of expenditure in Saffron Walden has the potential for spin-off benefits for the town centre as a result of linked trips. There are no units or sites that could accommodate this proposal in the town centre and it therefore complies with the sequential test. Subject to the outcome of this afternoon and the planning process, Granite will be in an enhanced position to secure a tenant for Unit 3. This will then realise the important economic and social benefits of this phase of the scheme. I thank you again and I respectfully request you support the officer's positive recommendation this afternoon. Right, we have no other speakers, so I'll opening up to the floor. Councillors? It is working, yeah. Hey, so under, Lodge. Thank you. Under 11.31, uh, it mentions the highway impact and the AQMA, but doesn't really go on to say anything then about air quality. I wondered if there had been a study and what those results were. Mrs. Shoesmith, could you answer that, please? 
Um, the, an updated air quality assessment has been um, submitted as part of the application, which followed through from the original consent. Um, so that's been updated and that's gone to our environmental health. Um, in terms of the vehicle numbers, um, let me just have a quick look. The vehicle numbers uh, do not um, only minimally increase, uh, but based on what was granted back in 2017, um, it showed a decrease of um, 80 vehicles, um, I think, per day during the peak hour. Um, as a result of that, the slight increase as a result of this scheme um, doesn't uh, deviate from what was originally granted back in 2013, but overall um, it's only a slight increase and environmental health haven't objected. So you're saying the cumulative for the original application is still fulfilled? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Anybody else? Councillor Wells. Uh, well, if there are no further comments, having read the paper and listened to the report, I cannot really see any reason not to propose this for recommendation. So you're uh, recommended approval, are you? Is that, do we have a seconder? Councillor Redfern? Okay. Well, could we take a vote on that, please? All those for approval, please show your hands. And that's unanimous, so that's approved. Thank you. Right, we have UTT 18-1704OP, Hatfield Broadoak, and this is Mrs Jones to give us a report. Thank you. This application relates to the site that the committee members visited this morning in Hatfield Broadoak. The front of the site is within development limits to the east of the village. The site is 0.4 hectares in size and there is currently a detached house to the front of the site so here, and access, the existing access is onto Hammonds, Hammonds Road. A material consideration is that there is an extent permission for outline permission for the demolition of one dwelling and the erection of five dwellings and this slide shows the Permission already approved. This proposal is for outline permission with all matters reserved except access and layout for the demolition of the existing dwelling and outbuildings and the erection of one replacement dwelling and six new dwellings. This shows the layout of the dwellings with two dwellings at the front of the site here and five dwellings in a linear fashion backing onto the gardens of the dwellings in Broad Street. The access is here and has been revised following comments received and is now located further to the east of the site frontage and a size free turning head has been included in the scheme. Highways now have no objections to the proposal. Indicative plans show five visitor spaces which are here and here adequate parking and amenity spaces for the size of the dwellings and demonstrates that the proposal would not result in any material detrimental impact to neighbours' amenity 
and the, the proposal can be built so as to minimise the impact on the character of the area. Taking into account the extent planning permission, the proposal is recommended for conditional approval. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. And we have uh, a parish councillor uh, from Hatfield Broadoak, uh, Susan Smith. Susan Smith, Hatfield Broadwick Parish Council. Thank you for. I would like to draw your attention to some residents and parish councillors' concern about the development of the site. Residents value the distinctive rural setting of the village as it is completely surrounded by countryside and agricultural land and the older areas of the village, such as Broad Street Green. This approved application. Approved application, um, which is 2417, has established that development on the south of the site, including Oakbourne itself, is infill, and the north of the site is outside the development area limits, is a residential garden and brownfield site. We're concerned that the, this decision has had the effect of opening up the way to future planning applications for more intrusive developments outside development limits in residential gardens and countryside and indeed it's been used as a precedent for further ones. Um, the two extra dwellings that have been included in this new application could mean that in total there's at least 13 cars and extra journeys using the new access onto Hammonds Road which is now, and Hammonds Road itself has now increasing amounts of traffic. The lanes are used as a cut through and increasing numbers of lorries and heavy goods vehicles using the B183 for Highwood Quarry and other waste units to avoid the congestion and delays at M11 Junction 8 and the Four Ashes traffic lights. The community speedwatch results show a significant number of vehicles entering the village on Hammonds Road at speeds above the 20, 30 mile limit. These traffic conditions bring concern for pedestrian safety. Not only there is there a sharp bend to the west of the access, which I think was one of the reasons why the um, access has been taken more towards the east, um, uh, but there is no footpath along this side of Broad Street Green and Hammond Road, and pedestrians have to cross over the road into the other, uh, uh, to the other side of the road. Um, the footpaths here are very narrow, uh, the road does carry extra traffic than you would expect on such a road. Um, lorries can come within one and two metres of people on the pavements. We are concerned for that reason for pedestrian safety. Uh, so it's obviously vital that there are enough parking spaces provided within the development for residents and deliveries and visitors so there is no need to park outside. Local services can be described rather optimistically um, in particular, the GP visits are overstretched and there can be a two to three week wait for non-urgent appointments. In view of the lack of sustainable public transport services, the proposed development will be entirely dependent on the car for access to larger retail and other facilities and for commuting and school runs. The proposed enlargement will bring a more urban feel to the present openness of Broad Street Green's older part of the village. Neighbours are concerned that the tree survey, recommendations of the tree survey and the landscape survey must be carried out to provide sufficient screening. 
Hatfield Broadeck has a proven need for smaller and moreable housing. Sorry, Ms. Smith, housing. would you mind uh, wrapping up? Because you only get three minutes. I should oh, have told sorry. you that at the beginning. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Carry on, we but would please like remember to that. We hope that the relevant mix of two, three, and four bedroom dwellings will be included. And so we ask that the concerns of these residents and the Parish Council be taken into, concern, ensure, into consideration in assuring compliance with the planning policies. Do you want the number of the planning policies? No, I think uh, I think okay. a few minutes. Yeah, I think okay. I think we're fine with that. Okay, right. thank, thank you very you. much. And sorry, the microphone's still on. I don't know if you can hear me. We've got. Sorry, you can only use one of them at a time. You see, thank you. We have uh, Mr. Perkis, who is the. Mr. Perkis, who is the agent? Thank you. And you have three minutes, Mr. Perkis. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm, I'm Peter Perkis. I'm an architect with Donald Perkis Associates in Saffron and We represent the applicant for this site. Um, the site, as you know, has, currently has consent for the development of one replacement house and four new houses. This application sink, seeks consent to revise the proposals to one replacement house and six new houses. Um, the site layout remains almost the same, but with the addition of the parking spaces that are required, uh, as has been mentioned. Um, the new houses on the frontage remain the same, but the others are smaller and of varied design. Um, the, you'll have seen this morning that the site rises as you go back, so the scale and proportions of the dwellings shown in our indicative sketches that accompany the application uh, show that the, the height and, uh, of, the, of the proposals uh, diminish as they go up, so they're not found overbearing in relation to existing dwellings. So um, uh, now the, the site layout, as I say, remains pretty much the same. The separation distances between the existing and proposed dwellings remain the same, as does the scale and proportions. Um, garden sizes exceed the requirement. And the, the site is separated from the countryside, as you can see on the drawing, with the band of mature trees. Um, so it feels quite enclosed, and we've, we've been careful to retain those, and obviously there's an arboriculturalist report with the application. Um, now, the access width uh, and the turning head has been increased since the last approval in 2016 to meet the current highway requirements. Um, it's slightly wider. I think the access is 5.5 metres wide now and the size type 3 turning head is slightly larger. Um, the, uh, the applicant... Um, so uh, the highways find the access acceptable. Uh, the visibility displays from that bend uh, have shown... Uh, have remained the same... Um, and uh, they ask for a footway crossover point, in a, which is a new thing since the last application, um, which was also mentioned about crossing the road onto the footpath the other side. 
Um, um, that's, that's about all I have to say, and um, we obviously hope that you find these revisions acceptable. Thank you, Mr. Perkis. We have no other speakers, so I'll open it up to councillors. Anybody you'd like to speak, please? Oh. Well, oh. we don't have any councillors. That's a first. Oh, Councillor Wells, have you changed your mind? Well, I haven't changed my mind. I just thought somebody else might have something to say. I mean, I can't pretend I'm happy that these proposals, you know, that, that, that villages are constantly spoiled, if you like, by infill development. But this already has an extant permission on it. It's additional, an additional house, possibly, all matters reserved, and we are just looking at outline permission. So it's very hard to find a reason not to propose the recommendation. So, but I, I will leave that in case anybody else has any comment, but I'm happy to propose it, in other words. Are there any comments? I will second that from the Chair. So, Councillor Lord, do you want to say something? Yes, I think this, to my, to my mind, this is a bit of a strange application in that we, uh, we didn't see the one two years ago. I think uh, we've seen the level of local concern and we probably might have hoped that it would have been called in and we could have looked at the, uh, at the original application. And I personally have some concerns about the, the backland development here um, and to my mind, the, the, the extant application looks to be quite sufficient for me on, on, on that uh, particular site. Um, the, on the 11.1, uh, there's a mention of S7 and development in the countryside. Just maybe some clarification as to whether this is outside of limits and it is the countryside. The suggestion is that it isn't. Could we have some clarification on that, please? Mrs. Jones? The um, development limits for the site go across here and this is the existing garden for that dwelling at the front. So is it, is it in the countryside? Does S7 apply here? Had, had we looked at it, this it, for the initial application? Yes. It would, yes, okay. In which case my own thoughts is that uh, the, the the extension that, sorry, the application that we have at the moment is, is quite enough, considering also the traffic implications there. And so I'd, I'd, I'd be inclined on that basis to say, get on with that one you've got. Uh, it's quite enough, and I would uh, vote against this one. Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Well, we do have a proposer and a seconder. So, um, Mr. Brown, should we go with that? So, so I can go to the vote. Um, so all those in favour, please show your hands. All those against? So that's six to three. Any abstentions? So that is approved. Thank you. Right, so we now go to application UTT18-1653 OP, and this again is in Hatfield Broad Oak. Right, and Mr Theobald is going to take us through this one. Thank you, Chair. 
members saw this site this morning, so I shan't uh, go into too much detail. Um, the proposal, this outline proposal scheme, with all matters reserved except for access, relates to the demolition of the substantial dwelling Chepping Field and the erection of four detached market dwellings in its place, including a dwelling to be erected on adjacent paddock land. Now, this is the indicative drawing which was shown to you this morning, uh, illustrative to show how four detached dwellings could be accommodated on this site, together with the provision of a new service road from Feathers Hill, uh, together with the, the parking arrangements for each dwelling, which will be a combination of surface parking and new garage parking and also utilisation of an existing garage block and also uh, a recreational annex to be retained for that scheme. Now the existing residential curtilage for Chepping Field would be to serve three new dwellings where the two dwellings new nearest to the eastern boundary uh, fall within existing development limits. Uh, the other two would be outside but immediately adjacent to, with the third uh, dwelling on the left-hand side also falling within the curtilage of Chepping Field, with the fourth dwelling unit, the larger dwelling on the south, being in the paddock. Whilst no formalised elevations have been submitted for this scheme, it's been suggested that the dwellings would be a mix of two-storey and one-and-a-half-storey buildings together um, with the garaging in a vernacular style commensurate with the area comprising three, four and four bedroom plus uh, units. Uh, I've been advised and there's a sketch scheme uh, very uh, brief to show how the fourth dwelling in the paddock would be and that would be in a sort of traditional low-scale vernacular. The new service road would um, be a 4.6 metre width at its uh, entrance, as I explained to members this morning, for the first six metres, uh, with a passing place and also for a refuse storage area, whereby that will be within 25 metres of the road. And uh, the, the recommendation for this application scheme on balance is one for approval in terms of meeting um, the broader national planning policy framework objectives uh, as per the officer recommendation. So this application, Chairman, is recommended for approval. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Theobald. Well, we have quite a few speakers here. We have um, Councillor Keith Artis, who is a district councillor. Good afternoon. I must admit, up there it... Uh, Sorry, can I just interrupt you? I'm told you have five minutes. Oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, it's interesting, just seeing the, the picture up there, it does look like uh, Beckingham Palace, the, uh, the larger development. However, um, I've been asked by residents of Feathers Hill in Hatfield Broad Oak to speak today on this application, which raises some serious points which will also feature in an application that will probably be before you uh, next month. As you will have witnessed, Hatfield Broadoak is a small village around what has become a major route 
not only to the airport, but also for highway maintenance lorries, quarry vehicles and other commercial traffic. So much so that we have had a speed watch team trying to stop them careering through our congested street, and a few years ago a campaign called Save Our Streets, or SOS, just to try to stop the lorries coming through our, uh, our, our village. This is all despite our roads being practically the same for 300 years or more. My concern here is that with the pressure Essex County Council are under to evaluate highways proposals, they cannot give an on-the-ground and accurate assessment of the practical reality of a development, and this application is no exception despite visits to the site. Also, Hatfield Broadock is also a village where people are trying to build on land that shouldn't be built upon, was never intended to be built upon, and would be unsustainable if built upon. Again, you will see this in another application next month. So back to this particular application. You will have seen the access, which is quite frankly ridiculous for these large houses. If you consider the overhanging roof line and curb positions at the entrance, there is in reality nowhere for cars to pass. And what about refuse lorries, emergency vehicles, the inevitable Amazon deliveries and commercial vehicles? Are the owners of these houses going to drag their bins up to the entrance? The only place to turn is in one of the new driveways, 50 yards or so back in the development. It's not a good design and could be dangerous. And to suggest in the report that there would be only be a couple of movements in and out at peak times is quite frankly facile. Travelling to work, driving to school, visitors, large lorries, all will be backing up onto Feathers Hill. It's just daft. And I think it instructive also that the applicants' agents have only just submitted a Photoshop picture of the access. They are clearly worried too about the weakness of the argument. The other issues I said would feature in the future is that of land grab. Personally, I'm amazed this application has been considered as one. Part of it is within the development boundary, but part of it is within the conservation area, and another part of it is not within development boundary, and one whole part of it is in a meadow. This is land grab, gradually trying to extend development limits by stealth. Finally, as you've heard me say before, what Hatfield Broadoak needs is affordable housing. This development does not contribute to that need whatsoever, and any contribution by the developer, should this be successful, would not go to help our village. It would go into the pot for elsewhere. We have a thriving community, but because of its attractiveness to live in, it is also expensive, especially for the young. Correspondingly, it is also attractive to developers trying to stretch the envelope and cram buildings into an area that will create more traffic chaos. I do not believe, and you will hear this from the residents themselves, that this application does anything to improve Hatfield Broado. Quite the contrary. It is unsustainable, contravenes accepted development limits, will cause yet more traffic problems on a road that has already seen speeding and accidents. It is simply land grab. I urge you on behalf of residents to refuse this application, especially as it is an outline application. After all, if you approve it, approval can hardly be withdrawn when it fails to meet the Council's own development policies, which, because it is outlined, have not been considered in full. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Artis. We now have an objector, uh, Mr Clive Durham. 
Thank you, Chair. I am the owner of Woodhurst. I bought the house some 30 years ago as I wanted to live in a rural village. The countryside setting of Hatfield Broadoak provides exactly this. I am here to speak along with fellow residents against this application as our village setting must be preserved for now and in the future. The whole of the access track to this proposed site is in a conservation area as described in the Hatfield Broadoak Conservation Area Appraisal adopted by UDC in May 2013. Page 46 describes it as rural with houses dating back to the 17th and 18th centuries. Indeed, the Priory, Priory Barn to the east of the present access, Feathers and Hill Cottage are Grade 2 listed. The appraisal comments on the unique character and visual presence of Feathers Hill in contributing to the distinctive character of the area. Conservation areas are heritage assets, an irreplaceable resource. Page 126 of the National Planning Policy Planning Framework and Policy ENV1 stresses the desirability of preserving or enhancing the character and appearance of the conservation area. This application does none of these. Any change to the essentially rural track would cause harm to the conservation area, significantly altering the street scene of Feathers Hill. Damage to adjacent listed buildings would be a loss of amenity, and the risk of damage to the foundations of neighbouring priory stables within the conservation area has already been highlighted to this committee. Priory stables is unfortunately not listed, although part of the farmstead of the priory but Priory Barn is Grade 2 listed and damage the Priory stables would damage the setting of a listed building. The rural feel of the village is currently due to its countryside setting. New development would significantly detract from this. To claim otherwise with lengthy landscape and heritage statements is frankly difficult to accept. Reference is made to a landscape and visual appraisal which concludes that the development would have no obstacle, no notable landscape and visual impact. You must be joking. Whatever level of expertise has been applied, it is still obvious, without any detailed analysis, that four detached houses and their associated buildings and domestic paraphernalia will have a seriously harmful effect on the open aspect of the site. The paddock is open countryside, outside the village envelope, and this should not be lost. Policy S7 and NPPF refers. Reference is also made by Saunders to a development of 170 dwellings in Cheshire, I respectfully suggest that this has no bearing or relevance to this application whatsoever. Councillors, one does not need to be a professional, have the use of technical equipment to be able to paint red lines on the ground or stage late, desperate and dubious Photoshop images. Could All you wind up please Mr Durham because you have three surmise. minutes. Uh, one has to have the common sense to know that this access is dangerous and unworkable. To surmise, the application does not meet H4 access or EMV2 or EMV1. This is why this application must be rejected. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. Uh, Mr Ricks, who is also an objector. And you have three minutes, Mr Ricks. Good afternoon, Chairman. Thank you. I'm the owner of Pinnacles, which is the bottom right-hand corner of your picture there, uh, of this proposed site. I bought the house three years ago precisely because of its location in the village uh, overlooking the countryside. You will have seen the setting 
councillors in a photograph I included on my submission on the 25th of May. Hatfield Broad Oak and its setting are well worth and indeed need preserving for future generations. To explain why, I must describe the breakdown of the sites. I say sites because the planning statement does not make clear that there is an absolute separation between the Cheppingfield and its garden on the one hand and the meadow to the south on the other. This is very relevant to, to the principle of development. The meadow, which the application calls Plot 4, is not within the residential curtilage of Cheppingfield. It is variously called backland, infield, brownfield and previously developed land. It is actually countryside. The ownership of this greenfield site next door to the Cheppingfield garden does not make it part of that garden. This is brought into sharp focus by an application made in 2012 for a change of lawful use to accommodate an annex at Cheppingfield. In his report, and I can provide the references to this, in his report the planning officer noted that the claimed residential curtilage in the application differed from that in the original 1960 planning approval. This did not include the land to the south of Cheppingfield, again our plot four, Further, there had been no planning permission for change of use or inclusion of this meadow within the residential curtilage. His comments confirm that the land to the south should be treated separately. The agent cannot simply incorporate this area in his development plan by choosing to call it concealed or indeed hope that it, it, the disparity itself is concealed. A further claim made to support the idea that the Meadows Brownfield site is the presence of a stable block. This stable block is within the garden, not the meadow, and it, this was also confirmed by the planning officer. That the meadow is outside the village envelope and not even partially surrounded by existing development means that the use of this land cannot be described as infill either. By definition, this land is outside the village envelope, is countryside. It forms part of the intrinsic value and beauty of the widest landscape, which enticed me to move to Hatfield Broadhouse to start with. As such, it should be protected. It is subject to the local plan S7 and the NPPF 17 gu guidelines. Its Could development would, would mind, therefore be directly... Sorry, in, would you mind winding up now, please, because your three minutes is up? Sorry? Would you mind finishing, because your three minutes is up now? Okay. To be fair to everybody I'm else. I'm just Thanks. finishing now. It forms part of the intrinsic value of... So I've said that. Haven't I? It is subject to local plan S7 and NPF guidance. Its development would therefore be directly in conflict with both the local and national planning policy. So I urge the committee to refuse this permission. Thank you. Thank you. We have a Mr Stephen Cushell who is also an objector. And you have three minutes, Mr Cushell. <coughs> Sorry, slight cold, so bear with. Um, I have put forward objections on behalf of Bruce Ricks of Pinnacles, whose property backs onto the proposed development. 
The land to the rear of his property is all outside the village envelope, and being a paddock, paddock cannot be described as brownfield. The applicant's planning statement contends that the proposed site is surrounded by existing housing development on three sides. This is simply not the case. It has back gardens on two sides and open land on the other two. It is not even partially enclosed by existing development and cannot therefore be described as infill. I think that care is needed in how to interpret government policy. The report says that the MPPF takes a proactive stance towards development in the countryside and that policy S7 is too restrictive. Is this saying that all the open land surrounding the village might, in principle, be development land? We question whether the NPPF really does convey an overriding proactive stance towards this type of development. <clears throat> what makes this site sustainable? Is it just a matter of saying it is close to facilities and amenities in the village? There are other important considerations. The NPPF refers to environmental objectives. Development must contribute to protecting and enhancing our natural, built and historic environment and recognise the intrinsic character and beauty of the countryside. This is not at odds with policy S7. The officer suggests the wider countryside harm is considered to be negligible. The actual impact is difficult to quantify and to a degree subjective. But four large houses, where there are currently none, cannot fail to have a major visual impact. No amount of screening and planting can hide this or reduce the harm. The report also says that neither the impacts on nearby heritage assets or on the immunity of adjoining residents can be assessed at the outline stage. Surely a scheme must be rejected until sufficient detail is provided. You cannot assert that development will be comply with policy when outline proposals do not properly assess two key issues. The development will be served by a substandard access, fail to protect the countryside, be harmful to the conservation area and residential amenities. Even in circumstances where a shortfall of housing can be proved, it will not be sustainable. With reference to policy S7, development in the countryside has been resisted for a number of years. At the last planning committee, two applications for development outside the limits were recommended for approval, but refused on the grounds that they would adversely affect the character of the area. Contrary, and both were quoted, policy S7 and the national planning policy framework. In both cases, there was a discussion with regards to whether, if approved, the developments would undermine the work of the neighbourhood plan, which was in its early stages and whether the benefits of the proposed development could outweigh the harm to the local community and surrounding countryside. Sorry, would you mind winding up, please? Catfield has not yet initiated a neighbourhood plan. Local views expressed through the Parish Council are still, however, important, and the village should not have to accept harmful development. I therefore urge members to refuse planning permission. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Kershaw. And we have a Mr. Andrew Appleby, another objector. Thank you. Hello, last but not least, hopefully. Um, uh, many of you walked past my house this morning. I own uh, the new house, been there for uh, eight years. Uh, we love the rural setting and the border between the conservation area and the, the rural pass, uh, setting behind us. Um, 
I work from home, so uh, I, I see this every day, and I, uh, I sleep about 10 metres from the main access point. My main uh, concern here is access under Gen 1 and ENV 1. Um, I'm a father to two children who use the buses at the top of the hill at Feathers Hill, uh, a road that is causing great concern for road safety and was brought into sharp focus less than four weeks ago when the air ambulance was, caused, uh, was called for uh, a serious incident with a, a, a cyclist that was taken away. The road was shut for an hour. Uh, these are real-life is issues that, that we're seeing in our village. Um, to be frank, I feel really let down by uh, Essex Highways and how they've easily abandoned their own policies in this discussion from pre-application to where they are now um, and with no real, uh, what I would like to call real world uh, consideration of all the things that are going to come. Um, I'm not going to argue with agents about uh, policies and exactly what applies more, manual for streets or design guidelines. What I, what I would say is that it's the real world view that has to uh, prevail here um, and common sense and safety must be high up that list. Uh, for, um, for me, um, let's, be, let's be really clear, the achievable, not actual, but the achievable width of, of 4.6 metres that's quoted is only at its very pinnacle and is, is only for the minimum space, really. Um, and that relies upon a number of things. Um, that is substandard access. That's a, a metre or so, the width of this desk, less than the, the, the policy guidelines uh, from, from Essex itself. Um, there is no allowance in the site for anything other really than one-way traffic in and out. As we've heard from, from councillors, everyday situations, all of these properties will be, will be taking oil tanker deliveries down that site. Uh, the Essex's own Uttlesford refuse collections are going to need uh, bins and refuse from the bottom properties here on this map to be dragged something like 100 metres up to its collection point, which is non-compliant and is just not practical every day. Um, these, these scenarios are, are very true. We've also heard about there are overhanging gutter and uh, uh, roof line from uh, heritage assets in the conservation area that are over, over this access, uh, which needs protection. Any protection to put in place to protect those, such as curbing or, or a path for pedestrians, would inevitably take even further width off that, that already constrained uh, access route. For me, it really is all about that key access route uh, into the site off the main secondary distributor road. Um, the, uh, furthermore, um, if we use real examples from today, as you say, the, the numbers quoted in there, the de minimis term for, for the, the increase in traffic is, is, is patently unbelievable. Um, any sort of deliveries going in there, uh, any lorries going in there that we replicate and if we extrapolate upwards by three substantial houses as we're seeing in this plan, uh, that cannot be described as a trivial impact. Um, if, however, the argument from the agent would be that it uh, is trying to encourage more sustainable access, well, uh, it can't do both. It can't put pedestrian access and put pavements in without further taking width off that uh, already constrained uh, access point to the main road, and a main road that is proven to be uh, very, very uh, fast, as we've heard from the studies done and with recent accidents happening. There are also gates mentioned in the Could planning... Could you wind up now, please? Yep. Thank you. The gates mentioned in the planning officer's summary uh, will only add even further constraints to that width. The swept path analysis shows medium-sized cars centimetres apart passing in that, in that space. So, as you've seen today, the lack of street lighting and the weather uh, increase human error and the risk around that. Um, the removal of hedgerows is my last Sorry, point. Sorry, I'm going to have to ask you to finish, in fairness to everybody else. Okay. I can't let you... 
Carry on, sorry. But in summary, it's a factually substandard and clearly unsustainable uh, access route to the development itself. So I urge you at this outline stage to reject it under EMV1 and GN1. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have uh, a Mrs. Susan Smith. I believe, is it Mrs. Sorry? It doesn't tell me. Uh, and you're the parish councillor for Hatfield Broadoak. <coughs> yeah, I'm parish representing, speaking on behalf of the parish council and residents. And I want to concentrate on two main points. Is that on? Yes. The access. We're very concerned, in fact we're deeply disappointed that the Highways Authority has decided to use the Manual for Streets rather than their own Essex Design Guide and accept a substandard width for the access right onto the B183. Desktop evidence does not allow for the realities of heavy volume of traffic on our essential medieval street plan and residents feel pedestrian and road safety harm the B183 is just not high enough on highways priorities. Feathers Hill is not a street in an urban development. It's part of a B183 secondary distributor and it's in a village. It's subject to a large volume of traffic and Highway's own survey on a weekday in June last year in a 12-hour period recorded 6,171 vehicles accessing the B183 south. Uh, most of them would have come through Hatfield Broad Oak and even been added to. 10% uh, of these, nearly 10%, were lorries and HGVs, and I mean HGV2s, big ones. As you've heard, at peak hours and during school times, there can be gridlock in the high street, and in between the gridlock, speeding takes over. Community Speedwatch, and indeed the applicant's own survey, recorded excessive speeds on Feathers Hill. Driving, walking and daily cycling along the B8183 is often unpleasant and dangerous, and the lack of local facilities and sustainable transport opportunities mean there's a dependence on car transport. The agent's highway impact statement found no ongoing safety problems. Though there was a very serious accident last month and residents are aware of numerous unrecorded accidents and there were two, in fact two other very serious accidents at the top of Feathers Hill to the east in the past five years. The Parish Council doesn't believe this flawed decision of the highways should be paramount and it does not meet UDCs nor the framework's sustainability standards. We get the principle of development Whilst Cheppingfield House is within the development limits, as you've heard, the rest of the garden is not. The site's not infill, as it's bordered on south and west by country. You have heard that the current authorised status of Plot 4 is countryside. No amount of concealment from public view can make it other. Incorporating it without relevant permission does not mean it's residential garden. Consequently, it's protected by policy S7 and the framework paragraph 17. That which both recognise and have the intent to protect and enhance the environment. The proposal does not comply with S7 as this development doesn't need to be here. It doesn't protect or enhance the character of this particularly sensitive part of the landscape of water meadows. It would not make a significant addition to housing supply numbers. It's not windfall, it's not infall. And we believe, for the reasons shown by all our speakers, that this proposed development is not sustainable in framework terms. On behalf of Hatfield Broad Oak Parish Council and residents, I urge you to refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
And we have the agent, Hazel, I'm sorry if I don't pronounce this right, Izod or Izod? Izod, thank you. And I'm told you have 20 minutes. Because everybody else has had three and it all adds up to, I'm sure you won't be speaking for 20 minutes, but that is your allowance, I'm told. Thank you. Good afternoon, thank you. I'm speaking today on behalf of the applicants in support of this proposal. Concern has been raised that the width of the access is substandard. There is not one set of design standards that apply universally. At the national level, there is the Manual for Streets. At the local level, the Essex Design Guide. Manual for Streets is based on the principle that street design should use the minimum highway footprint necessary and be determined by the context of a development, not by blanket standards. It recognises that one size fits all results in designs dominated by roads and higher vehicle speeds. It states that a standards-based approach to junction design is inappropriate. The Essex Design Guide sets out standards for different types of roads, but this must be read in conjunction with the Manual for Streets, which requires that each site is assessed individually. The Essex standards are a starting point. They cannot be applied prescriptively. This would not meet national policy. This is the context of the discussions we have had with the highways team at Essex. The pre-application response drew our attention to the change in the Essex standards, which happened in early 2018. Under the 2005 standards, a development of up to five houses could be served by an access of 4.1 metres for the first six metres. The updated standards set out that this should be 5.5 metres for the first six metres. Our site can provide an access width of 4.6 metres for the first 12 metres plus passing places, less than the new standard width, greater than the old. The pre-app response raised concerns about width and that the swept path analysis was not clear. However, as the highway officer's response to the application sets out, what followed was further discussion between our highways engineer and officers at Essex, including two site visits. Further information was provided, including swept path analysis at a finer scale, and detailed consideration was given to the immediate context around the site and the limited number of additional daily movements. The access has more than the required visibility displays. It was quickly acknowledged by officers that the site access was situated within a settlement and therefore the policy of prohibiting intensification on secondary distributor roads between settlements was not relevant. National policy is clear that standards can only be a starting point. Consideration of the proposal on the ground is required. This allowed officers to support the proposal. The site is partially within development limits. The area beyond the limits is screened from public viewpoints and as a result the proposal does not contradict policy S7. Although the proposal will result in the loss of nine individual trees and one group of conifers, none of these trees are category A high quality and none are protected. 24 other trees and groups will remain with additional planting proposed across the site. If necessary, the Category 2 walnut tree to the rear of Plot 2 could be retained within a reserved matters layout. The proposal will not result in overlooking, overbearing or loss of light to neighbouring properties. Overall, in the absence of a five-year housing land supply and given the presumption in favour of sustainable development, we therefore urge you to support your officer's recommendation for approval. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Well, that's all the speakers, so um, it will be councillors and I, the chair. I would like to speak first, if you don't mind, and then Councillor Chambers has asked me, and I'll come to you in just a moment. Okay, so that was Councillor Redfern, 
Councillor Riles and Councillor Wells, Councillor Nearly Mr. Councillor Wells and Councillor Lemon. But firstly, um, I'd like to ask uh, Mr. Theobald a question, because um, on the highways report it says there are no recorded accidents associated with the access or in the immediate vicinity in the past five years, etc. Um, but we've been told that there has been an accident. In fact, we've been told there have been more than one. Could, could you tell us how old this highways report is, or if you are aware of these accidents, um, because obviously um, people have told us that there have been some there, but there isn't in our report. So is it able to, are you able to clarify that, Mr Clearwell? I, I can't clarify that now. I'd have to go back to highways. I mean, the, the accident survey would have been assessed a, a, a desktop exercise on available records, which, bearing in mind this application has been uh, with us for a couple of months, it may well be that the, um, that assessment was done um, you know, prior to that occurring or immediately afterwards where that hadn't inputted into the, the system. Ah, am I allowed to ask when, if, uh, from the audience when these accidents occurred? Hang on, sorry. All right, okay, I'm told I'm not allowed to ask that, I'm sorry. Okay, I would have liked to have known that. Um, and uh, secondly, Mr Appleby said that uh, it wasn't practical to move the bins every day. Well, you don't move the bins every day, they go down once a week because the collection is only once a week. So it wouldn't be a, a question of trundling bins down uh, once a day. So I think there's, that's not quite right. Um, and also, could I see a picture of that hedge, please? When we were on site, we were told that this is going to be cut down. Um, but I know from being a councillor, and lots of people phone up and say, oh, I haven't had my hedge cut, and then I'm told it can't be cut because there's birds nesting. Uh, so I'm just wondering, I know it affects the street scene, but would it be practical, rather than cut that down, to remove it altogether? Because I can see that getting overgrown in the future, and it would be detrimental to sight lines then, although it may not be when it's cut down or immediately after it's cut down. So that, that's a point that I would like to make. Could we condition that, please? I was told on site we could, and other councillors may not agree with me, but I, I think once that grows, it could grow to be a six-foot hedge by the time us get round to, cancel, uh, to cutting it. So um, I'd like to mention that, please. And now, um, Councillor Chambers, and I'll come to the rest after. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Madam Chairman, first of all, I would like to say that um, this is completely different to the last application. I was unhappy about the last application, but they already had planning permission on most of that site. So that's why I would just like to say that. Now, in the case of this, this is completely different. If you're going to allow something like this, you're going to ruin every village within the district. I live in a rural village, and I've lived in a rural village around here all my life. I don't want to see it all spoilt. We've got to have progress, and we've got to have some new development, but not development like this. The meadow at the back, I don't know how anybody has got the cheek to put in for planning permission. I know you can put in for planning permission anywhere at all, but... To put that on there when they've already got a large slice 
next to Cheppingfield, I think is, well, I won't say any more about that. As far as the house on there is concerned, there's one house, and they're now applying to put up five. Is that right? Or four? If you actually look at the Cheppingfield site, if somebody wants to take the house down and put two up, that's fine. But if you look at the other parts of it, you are encroaching then on the countryside and you are going to, because you have properties all the way in front of them, it's a totally background thing. So I think, I will not mention the access because I'm sure somebody else is going to mention that. Um, I would certainly not vote for this. I think it's entirely wrong in Hatfield Brodock and I would do exactly the same in any other rural village. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Councillor Redfern. Um, thank you, Chairman. Um, much of what I was going to say has already been said, but I... Sorry, could you speak into your mic, Mike? I can't hear up yet. Sorry, Janice. Um, I, would like to, I would like to comment on the highways. I know that that's, uh, it's kind of a waste of my breath because Essex Highways have already um, agreed with this, but I just cannot understand how, when we stood out there today, um, to increase the number of vehicle movements coming out of that small entrance. I'm, I'm staggered by that, but I'm more concerned about the impact on the rural location um, and, and the impact on the countryside. Um, I agree with Councillor Chambers that the bigger um, property that's actually in the meadow, uh, you know, there is no other way to describe that other than countryside. I think that's completely inappropriate. The removal, I know we've been told that um, the walnut tree could be preserved. I think it, it should be preserved. Um, and the sort of urbanisation of the um, entrance is just completely out of keeping with the rest of the with, of the street scene. Um, I'd like some clarification on the bins as well because it keeps being said, uh, um, in fact, um, Councillor Barker's here, she might be able to answer it, but it keeps being said that we're um, something about 25 metres. I've been told that my residents in the parish I parishes I represent, we have to take our bins to the curbside. I cannot imagine what it would be like if that is the case, if I'm, if I'm right, that um, on a whatever day Hatfield Broadoak have their bins collected that we have five, four large bins and all their food caddies out on the pavement there as well um, so I would like some clarification um, on that and I think that is it but I will um, support Councillor Chambers and I would also move that we um, uh, recommend that we refuse this application are you second in that? I so propose, yes, I so, so we have a proposer and a seconder. Okay, thank you. Right, could we have the clarification on the bins, please, Scout? Um. Yeah, sure. Um, in response to your inquiry, I did check with Waste Services lunchtime, and they confirmed that the, the maximum distance from the carriageway to a bin collection point is 25 metres, and at the moment that 25 metre maximum distance is still in force and there are no proposals to change it at the present time. Sorry, so, sorry Mr Theobald, so you're saying that our bin men will pull up at the end of that, at the end of that driveway, pull up and then walk, are prepared to walk 25 metres to pick up um, four bins, that's what, that's what we do is it? Because that's, that's correct, not up, up, what to, up to 25 metres in. Okay. 
Okay, well, that's different to what I've been told, but I'm sure you're right. Councillor Wells. Um, well, I'm not at all happy with it for all the reasons everybody else has said, and I would just come back on that bin before I take my point. Most bins in our local area, when they're put back, are not put neatly back where they've come from. In a very narrow space like that, especially in the dark, I just don't like to imagine. I also would like to say with the access, when it is dark, those four houses down there, there are probably families, children walking to school, coming home from school, etc., etc. No lighting. I just think it's, I think we're, it's ruler and set square stuff trying to fit a court into a pint pot. It's just ridiculous and I just can't support it. Well, in many ways I agree with you, but there are lots of villages don't like to have streetlights. You know, in my own patch, none of them are lit. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not, making a point. That is just a comment. My, my argument really is that the access, as I said, is ruler and set square stuff, trying to make it fit. And in my opinion, it doesn't. Thank you. Councillor Riles. Come on. Okay. Uh, I'm not so fussed about the bins, really. I just think it's wrong on so many, so many accounts. I mean, firstly, um, if their house is drafty and they've got poor insulation, then spend some more money on that instead of lots of architect's fees and all the rest of it, rather than bring a scheme like this to us. Um, the meadow should not be in, in here whatsoever. I think it's contrary to SP7, irrespective of where the development line is. Um, and if they want to put more houses on the, on the, the uh, plot, please be sensitive to what the local needs are. We've already discussed, can't we have two bedroom houses or maybe bungalows or something, but not this development. Um, the trees, I'm not really a tree hugger, but there's a third of the trees would be taken out, and I think they do add an awful lot to our environment. Um, two more things. Uh, as far as uh, I'm, I'm prepared to uh, refuse this application, and I'm, I'm disappointed with highways of what they've done. I don't think they've done a proper thorough job on this at all. Um, irrespective if they've been out twice. I don't think they've actually thought about the movements. Um, and I wouldn't let the threat of sort of, you know, legal fees with an appeal and all that sort of thing affect our judgment here today. I think what we should do is ideally ask the applicant to go away and rethink this rather than do an appeal. And if they do want to knock their house down and put it back up again, I probably wouldn't have a problem with that. It's just the, all the extra stuff they're trying to gain here, which I think is, is frankly a try-on. And the final thing I would say, agents, please do not keep going on about the five-year land supply. It's so dull as an excuse to try and get something through. Okay, thank you very much. Sorry, well, before you go on, could we perhaps have some clarification on the five-year land supply? Because you may know about the land supply, but people that are listening to this on this recording may not. So could we have some clarification on that, please, Mr. Brown? We haven't got one, to be honest. We haven't got a five-year land supply, um, but that doesn't mean it's an open door to approve absolutely everything. If members feel there is harm from this proposal, the lack of five-year land supply doesn't trump it. It's, it's something that could be... But it's also... There can be harm caused... But that harm can be outweighed by the fact we haven't got a five-year land supply, so it's all part of the, the balancing act that members need to do. While I'm on, I just need to, because we've got a proposal and a seconder, I just want to just confirm with the, the proposer. Is your proposal on the basis of this is development in, in the countryside that's unjustified, so it's S7? 
Um, I could assist you slightly, whilst I'm always going to move you away from Gem 1, as you know, on highway refusal reasons. Um, this is also backland development. Um, backland development is not the evil everyone says it is, but there's such a thing as inappropriate backland development. And policy H4 does actually state a number of criteria, including access would cause disturbance to nearby neighbours. And that access can mean a number of things, not just cars whizzing past someone's bedroom window. It can also cause chaos and bins and stuff like that in terms of character. So I just with the chairman, with the proposal, sorry, that you've got S7 and H4 of potential policies as inappropriate development in the open countryside and also inappropriate backland development causing disturbance to residents. I would leave it at that. I wouldn't go any further. I think that that is quite defensible. Thank you, Mr Brown. Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Um, I should be voting against this uh, proposal. Um, one, I feel it undermines the, the character of the conservation area in Hatfield Broadoak. Uh, two, part of it is outside the development limits of the village. And I, I don't like to criticise highways, but highways aren't perfect. And at times, highways can get things wrong. And in my opinion, they've got it wrong on this. Um, and I, so I think common sense should apply and uh, I will be voting against it. Um, the only other thing was, when we were talking about the, um, the entrance into it, um, I didn't then notice the, the overhang of the buildings, and uh, they, were, they are overhanging, and that would have, will cut down, particularly if oil, oil tankers or lorries want to go into the sites. So I should be voting against this application. Thank you. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. Um, I think I do endorse pretty well everything that's, uh, that's been said today. And, and particularly, I think uh, Mr. Mr. Brown's intervention on uh, um, inappropriate backland development, I would, say, I would certainly endorse that. And that was one of the first things that came to, came to mind here. Uh, and also, um, unlike Councillor Lemon, I do like to criticise Essex Highways. And uh, uh, again, They've probably got it wrong. Uh, but I would actually like one clarification. That is on the, on the, the five-year land supply because um, there is an argument now to be put, and I would like Mr. Brown's real clarification on this, that under the Reg 19 submission, which has now been consulted upon, the schedule there for the five-year land supply, does a, we do have something like a 5.7-year supply, Obviously, on the, the, the uh, end presumption that the inspector approves that. So, we do have a certain amount of weight to, to, to satisfying the five-year supply, but I would just like Mr. Brown to, to finally um, comment on that. Yeah, that, that's a fair point, but I think the argument is how much weight. I don't think we're quite there yet in terms of weight. I don't think, especially as the... You know, the hybrid approach to the local plan is relying on a very brave approach. I'm not saying it's a wrong approach or anything like that. It's a very brave approach, and I think we need to go through a bit more down the line before we can actually safely say we've got a, a, reg, a reg 19 plan that's, that's, that's got a, a likelihood of going to the next level. I think it has, but at the moment I don't think we can give it as much weight as we would like to give it at this stage. Thank you, Mr. Brown. The five-year land supply confuses everybody, so it's always good to have a bit of clarification. So thanks for that. And Councillor Chambers, did you want to come back? Uh, no, Madam Chairman, it's Councillor the Count. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Councillor the Count. Hi. Um, I travelled down that road um, 
about three times a week. And it's a fast road, although it's 30 miles an hour, it's very fast. And the fact is, some me surprising coming out that entrance, I just would be terrified of that. Also, the fact is, it says two cars can pass, but it doesn't say about a van and a car in, in that entrance. So, basically, I concur with everything everybody said, and I'll be voting against it. Councillor Hicks, you want to speak. Thank you, Chairman. Um, merely to say that um, I, um, when I consider lots of applications we have here, access is usually uh, a very important consideration and uh, <coughs> frankly the access through that narrow lane to a site at the far end just isn't feasible in my view for um, and, and to talk about having a passing place halfway along to ameliorate the situation is really no solution at all. So uh, I would um, say that, I, like others, I'm surprised that Essex Highways approved it and uh, that uh, um, I would um, decline on access grounds to, to, um, um, uh, to um, approve of this application. Thank you. Well, I think everybody who wants to speak has spoken now, so we'll go to the vote. So uh, all, we have a proposer and a seconder for refusal. So, oh, sorry, uh, Mr. Theobald wants to say something, I believe. No, it's okay. It's fine. Okay, so we'll go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal, please show. Well, that is unanimous. <laughs> so that application is refused. Um, we're going to have a, a, a three-minute comfort break.
Right, we will resume. And this time we have application UTT17-3540 FUL and that is Saffron Warden. And could I have, uh, sorry I've got, as you're new, I'm not used to you yet, sorry, uh, David Gibson to take us through the report. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This application, UTT 173540, for the erection of a single dwelling at land to the north of 35 to 40 Hanover Place. The application was deferred at the last committee to allow members the opportunity to carry out a site visit. The application is a resubmission um, following refusal of outline permission for a single dwelling. The application was refused on the following grounds. It would have an undue impact on the amenity of the neighbouring residents, causing material disturbance, loss of privacy and overbearing impact. Increased use of Abbey Lane by vehicular traffic, which would have an undue negative impact on the safety of road users, including pedestrians and people whose mobility is impaired. And due to the appearance and landscape being reserved, it is not possible to adequately assess whether the proposed development would preserve or enhance the character and appearance of the conservation area. Permission was granted previously in 2001 for four dwellings on the site. Works did not commence within the time period and permission has now lapsed. All of the consultation responses and representations received are highlighted within the agenda pack. The settlement boundary for Saffron Walden ends at the southern edge of the site, here just to the north of 35 to 40 Hanover Place. The site is located in a sustainable location adjacent to the settlement boundary within easy access to the town centre. The conservation area boundary, the site is actually within the conservation area, the conservation area boundary runs up along the western boundary of the site and continues south of the map. Um, the historic park is located to the west of the site. Access to the site is from this point here at the southern edge. The applicant has an established right of access to the site, which currently exists. Um, the existing wall attached to the neighbouring property, which members will remember, here on the western side of Hanover Place, 35 to 40 Hanover Place here, that will be retained. A line of low-level planting is proposed along the access running north to south by the side of that property. The access itself would be upgraded with grass planting in a grid system um, grasscrete or similar. A 300mm wide planting bed would be laid adjacent to the wall adjacent to the access. The Highways Authority has been consulted and considers the scheme to be acceptable in terms of highway and pedestrian safety. In terms of car park, cars parking to the south of the access, which was raised by a number of members this morning, whilst this is accepted that this, this could happen, the land in question is private land owned by the Hanover Housing Association so it is outside the control of the planning authority. If access is blocked to a legal right of access, then it is a legal issue between the two landowners, and it is considered this should not be a reason for refusal. The dwelling would be located 14 metres from the nearest neighbouring property to the south. One window would be placed in the ground floor side elevation of the proposed dwelling. Um, this would serve a downstairs toilet, ensuring privacy is maintained between the two properties. As stated above, the site is located within the conservation area. The council's conservation officer is very supportive of the scheme due to the traditional form of the dwelling and its modernistic elevational treatment. The proposed dwelling would range in height from a single storey at the southern end of the site to two storeys to the northern end of the site. It would have a maximum height of 7.7 metres. 
and the element closest to the neighbouring properties to the south would be 5 metres in height. The cross-section, on, um, as you can see, shows the proposed dwelling in relation to 35 to 40 Hanover Place. The neighbouring dwelling is 8.2 metres in height. As you can see, a small landscaping strip is also proposed, separating the two dwellings. Um, this is to shield the car parking area just to the north of the landscaping and to soften the appearance of the scheme when viewed from the neighbouring property. The proposed development, by reasons of its location adjacent to the settlement limits of Saffron Walden, is considered acceptable in principle. Um, following the submission of a detailed application and the lack of objections from the Highways Authority and Environmental Health, it is considered the reasons for refusal for the previous application have been addressed. In terms of level of impact upon amenity, it is considered acceptable due to the limited height and separation distances involved. Minimal noise would be generated by the building and the use of one dwelling. No impact upon the character and appearance of the conservation area is concluded, with no objections being raised by the conservation officer. No objections have been raised regarding ecology or impact on any trees on the site. As a result, the development is considered to fundamentally address the reasons for refusal of the previous application, and it is therefore recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr Gibson. Right, we have uh, a speaker, uh, Councillor Barbara Light, and you have five minutes, Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Members of the Planning Committee, I would start by urging you to reject this application. It is a question, I think, of greed by the Audley End Estate. It is completely unnecessary to have this build here, and I will go through the planning reasons for this. It is, uh, the area is, has been built for sheltered accommodation, so we have elderly residents, some of whom are sight impaired, some of whom cannot hear, some of whom are disabled in wheelchairs, have carers. What you're doing here, if you allow this to go ahead, is impairing the quality of life of the residents, and that is wholly unacceptable. I would take you through the paperwork and make comments as I go through. I'm afraid this microphone doesn't seem to be working particularly well. Okay, thank you. Looking at the notation, I would say that all the following apply to the application site, and for me, they are all reasons to reject and to refuse this. To allow building within the development limits of Saffron, outside of the development limits of Saffron Walden sets a dangerous precedent and it is surely unacceptable. Only the access, as you will have seen today on the site visit, is actually in the development limits. It's in the conservation area. As you see, it has archaeological sites, it is a there's a flood risk, and there is also the danger of the access road in Abbey Lane. The fact that highway sees no problems, I think, is entirely uh, spurious. The, you will have seen that there are no pavements on Abbey Lane whatsoever. 
so until you get to the end. So you will have elderly residents, as said, who are sight impaired in wheelchairs with walking sticks who are hearing impaired. And also there are school children, hundreds every day, who cross the park from their school and walk along into the town. It would be extremely dangerous to have construction traffic running along there. Let me take you through to point 2.3, the access is critical to this because there is a brick wall there. I understand it is only 9.6 feet from wall to wall and it is virtually impossible to get uh, traffic through uh, vans, lorries, etc., large cars, potential Chelsea tractors or whatever possible residents, if this goes ahead, might, uh, might drive. The access goes across the garden of the flats and um, residents will be sitting there and children, the grandchildren who visit will be playing there. It is a blind spot. People will come out, uh, potentially cars could approach or vans, they don't know that there is a garden and that is just really an accident waiting to happen. Moving on. The Town and Parish Council comments, I would uh, draw your attention um, to them and also to say that this is one of the last green spaces in Saffron Walden and why should it be lost? Moving on to the flood risk, which would be in the representations that have been noted, that it, there is a flood risk. We have had uh, quite serious floods in Saffron Walden recently, and they can only get worse. And building on what, uh, what could be and um, is part of a flood plain, uh, concreting over this, you are just going to create further problems. Looking at the appraisal, point 11, I think that um, each of these needs to be considered carefully. The, pro the proposed application is outside of the development limits. It is not acceptable um, to have, uh, there is not an acceptable impact on the heritage assets. Would it have an impact on trees? Yes, it would, because I, I hear that it, during the site visit it was proposed to just take the trees down or to cut them in half. Quite. This, is, this is what I was told. I think it was in discussion with, uh, with some of the officers. The, I would say 11.2, actually, that the countryside should be protected for its own sake. I would say that this application actually contravenes that policy. 11.3, the, does the, uh, is housing located where it will enhance or Sorry, maintain... Sorry, Councillor Light, could I ask you to wind up, please? You've had five minutes. Okay. Does it actually maintain the vitality of the site? It does not. Let me take you rapidly through to the conclusions, that the conclusions from the uh, point 12. It is only one house, therefore it does not meet the national policy framework. It is not acceptable and is not in accord with the policies in point B. Point E, it would... Sorry, Councillor, I'm going to stop you there. You've had longer than five minutes. And in fairness to everybody else in this room who has to have their three minutes, I, I, think, uh, I think we've been more than fair. So uh, thank you very much. Okay, so I would urge you, for the reasons given and the reasons you will have read, to reject this application. Thank you.
Right, we have uh, Mr. Hindle. Uh, and you have three minutes, Mr. Hindle. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Good afternoon, my name is Trevor Hindle and I'm a resident at Hanover Place. Coming up to 74 years of age, I'm one of the younger, more able residents, as many residents are in their 80s and 90s and rely on carers who visit on a daily basis. They are unable to attend. They did, however, send objections in earlier on. So we've got a few of the younger residents in here at the moment. Most elderly people who move to the sheltered housing when they get older are seeking security, peace and quiet, peace of mind and an ordered, orderly trouble-free life. Hanover Place provides this. Orderly interstates are seeking to disrupt this with their planning application. If it is passed, the building stage alone would be a major disruption with a limited space for access and storage. By around 7pm, the estate is usually traffic-free, with most residents indoors for the night. Many go to bed early. The new development is a three- to four-bedroom large house. At the anticipated price, it will almost certainly not be purchased by a first-time buyer. It would probably be purchased by a family with one or two teenage children, which could entail, in the real world, three or four cars, plus any visitors' cars. The vehicles would have to drive past all of the flats on the estate at any time of the night or day. The owners and family will then gain access by going through the car park and then through the claimed eight-foot access path, which is currently a garden. This is adjacent to the last block of flats on the estate. All this followed by opening and shutting of car doors at any time of the day or night, perhaps the new booming radio which only shuts down when the engine is turned off. At the planning meeting where the previous application was denied, one of the problems brought up was that the occupier, stroke occupiers, will be parking their cars next to the wire fence. This is about five feet from the bedroom windows. I now see the new application addresses this problem by showing various shrubs stopping access to the vehicles. Once the purchase is completed, what is to stop the new owner removing part of the shrubbery and parking their cars along the bedroom against the bedrooms of the flats instead of the limited front garden of the new property? The business about the trees being cut down, I've spoke to Mr Brown and pointed out that I'd walked around where the building was staked out and the trees next to the slave completely overhung where the new building was going. And I just asked the question, was it proposed to cut the trees down? And I was told no, if they had to, they'd trim them. And that's, that's where that comes from. Um, but I would imagine the trimming required would possibly kill the trees off, but that's an aside. Access to and from the new property during the day will be very problematic and cause many arguments, which in this day and age often leads to confrontational incidents. The car parks, which will only have five mark spaces, as you saw this morning, to cater for the three blocks adjacent to the new development, which is eight, 12 one-bedroom flats and two two-bedroom flats, is used by tenants, their visitors, carers, delivery vans, lorries, ambulances, refuse lorries and transport for the disabled. The councillors actually came in that transport this morning. Um, must have noticed that once that is parked there... It Mr Hill, would you mind winding up now, please? Thank you. Well, that was a quick three minutes. Sorry about that. I would just say that um, last time, one of the reasons that the um, 
proposal was declined last time was the Slade River, the floodplain, and the uh, outside the planning. That still obviously applies. I looked this morning, the field hadn't moved, the slave still rang by it. And, well, I just think what's going on is it's really going to affect the old people on that site. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Now we have Mr. Perkis, who is the agent. Oh, I think, that, yes, it's on. Okay, excellent. Um, thank you. Well, you know who I am. <laughs> I've been here before. Uh, again, of Donald Perkis Associates representing the applicant, which is Audley End Estates. Um, and as I've already been described, so excuse me if I'm going over um, already uh, explained ground. Sorry, I should have said you have eight minutes. Oh, goodness. Yes, you're okay. I won't need yep. eight minutes. Don't rush, Thank you're you. fine. Thank you. <laughs> Um, uh, the application relates to a piece of wasteland uh, that is segregated from the surrounding land uses by a listed wall, fences and trees. It is well connected to the town, uh, bordering on Swan Meadow Car Park, Hanover Place and Audley End Park. It is within easy walking distance of the town's services and amenities. Um, technically, it is outside the development limits of the 2005 plan, but clearly a sustainable location uh, in Saffron Walden. Couldn't be closer to the town centre. Um, historically, um, planning permission was granted in 2001 for the erection of four bungalows uh, with the same access point and three car parking spaces. Uh, the applicant in that case was the Hanover Housing Association. Um, however, this, this application, and I don't know why, was not implemented. Um, uh, members uh, refused a scheme for, for, on this site for one detached dwelling, which was an outline application, albeit in a conservation area. Um, at the time, it was, it was recommended for approval by uh, the planning officer. Um, uh, but it was, as explained, uh, refused on the grounds of loss of residential amenity, pedestrian and highway dangers, and the lack of information to assess the visual impact due to its location in the conservation area. Um, we've obviously resubmitted a detailed design, and we've made a number of changes to the position of the building uh, to address uh, the issues. Um, the revised proposal uh, is submitted in full and has a reduced footprint and scale. The gap between the dwelling and Hanover Place has been increased and it has attracted no objections from uh, the usual consultees, Essex County Council, uh, Ecology, Highways, uh, the Environment Agency, Archaeology, Environmental Health and the Conservation Officer. Um, the erection of a dwelling on this, on this site does not represent overdevelopment uh, and has been shown to satisfy the uh, applicable planning criteria. Um, uh, with regard to flooding, there seems to be some confusion regarding flooding. Um, it's mentioned that it is in Flood Zone 1. Well, Flood Zone 1 is just about the entire country, as I understand it. Uh, the most stringent test is Flood Zone 3A, 
Um, 3A is a weighted uh, worst-case scenario with a percentage addition over one in a hundred chance of flooding. Um, now, it is not in any risk of flooding whatsoever. It is not even in Zone 3A. Um, in fact, the, uh, the letter from uh, the Environment Agency actually states, and I quote, the proposed dwelling does not fall into flood zone 3, I think they mean 3A, and therefore holds no risk of flooding. End of. So I just want to clear that one up. And on a practical note, you were there um, on site this morning, you will have noticed that Swan Meadow Car Park is on considerably lower ground. And our topographic survey shows that to be uh, in excess of one and a half metres. So for our site to flood, Swan Meadow would have to be under five feet of water before there was any risk of our site flooding. Um, so I just wanted to clear, clear that one up. Um, so, because obviously the Slade River runs along the side, but our land is considerably higher than the other side. So if the river bursts its banks, the whole of Swan Meadow car park's going to be under five feet of water before it gets to our side. Um, the, the house is designed to protect the privacy of the existing dwellings and creates privacy for itself. Uh, there are no overlooking issue. The single story element uh, of the design provides a screen and there's a courtyard uh, area which, uh, which creates privacy for the new dwelling. The nearest part of the proposed dwelling is some 12.5 metres from the existing fence and some 8 metres from the proposed new screening hedge, which is designed to create a kind of buffer space um, and all, although my, our client may retain ownership of that, uh, if they retained ownership of that, uh, of course they could control its use uh, and indeed I dare say that uh, planning condition on landscaping etc. could cover that one. Um, um, now, um, it, it, this, this application has continued to attract concern as we've heard from residents of Hanover Place uh, and that is reflected also in the Town Council's comments. The officer's report uh, recognises that although the site, uh, 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 that other than its access is outside development limits, it adjoins the limits and is well related to existing development on the edge of town. Um, there would be no encroachment into the countryside and the site is contained by the boundary wall of Orleans Park, the Slade, Swan Meadow Car Park and Hanover Place. The site is significantly underused uh, and, is, and, and given its sustainable location it would be put to best use developed for a single dwelling. Um, now in, in terms of the uh, highway dangers that are perceived, uh, we, we feel that given that it is a single dwelling, there will be limited additional traffic movements. Um, there is parking, adequate parking and turning area on the site, so exiting the site will be in forward gear. There won't be any need to turn round uh, in, in front of uh, Hanover Place. Um, and uh, as we've now heard, there, as you know, there are no proposals to fell any trees. 
some of the branches of the um, sycamores uh, were, uh, I noticed, also hanging over the edge of where our development be. Um, I think since we had our topographic survey done, which was some time ago, uh, but I don't think there's a significant issue with that uh, range of trees that are not protected. Um, and I think professional, sorry, professional uh, trimming would be adequate. Um, concern has been expressed regarding the access uh, and for potential noise to the residents of Hanover placed by vehicles generated by the development and potential highway and pedestrian dangers. However, as the officer's report clearly states, once occupied, the vehicular movements associated with one dwelling would be marginal, especially as previously four Sorry, bungalows Sorry, Mr Curtis, were I know the time have has I flown, but you have actually had your eight minutes, so if you could wind uh, up, please. Yes, there's a little bit about, you know, obviously construction, noise while the construction's going on and access and there are environmental, there are environmental health controls over that sort of thing and protection. Uh, and we could do method statements to ensure that building work is, is carried out at only certain times, this sort of thing. So to, just to, to sum up, we say that um, we hope that we've addressed the, reason, the concerns of the previous outline application. Uh, and um, would, be, would obviously the applicant would be grateful if you would grant permission for this. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Uh, whoa, whoa, patience, Councillor Redfern. <laughs> Before I come to you, Chair's privilege, I just want to ask um, <laughs> Mr Gibson if he would tell me, when we were on site, there was a, a little garden down the side, I, remember I asked you at the time, very pretty, lots of little flowers in it. But I understand that is not in the ownership of the people that put the, those flowers there, that it is actually in the estate ownership. Is that right? I'm not exactly sure where the boundary itself finishes. It's on the plan. But the, um, the section that um, is proposed for the access, there is a right of access over it. So the, um, the planting bed that's currently on the left-hand side as you walked in, obviously that will be removed. There's a 0.3-metre um, wide planting bed proposed. Then it will leave a 2.4-metre wide access, so it leaves a 2.7-2.8-metre gap between wall to wall. So um, it's sufficient space to do it. And the idea is, as you can see from the, the plan above, there's the low-level hedging that is going to be placed on the boundary between the access and the garden. It's clearly demarcation, clear demarcation between the two. Thank you very much. That's cleared it up. Thank you. Now, Councillor Redfern. Thank you, um, Chairman. Um, for me, I, it, it's a shame that um, this isn't actually older person's accommodation in keeping with the rest of the site, but I know that's not within our, within our gift, but I just thought I'd put it out there. Um, it would be disappointing as well to the loss of that little bit of garden but I, I think I know it's not a planning issue but it would be nice if all the end estates could do something for the existing residents of Hanover Place to perhaps re replace it on that bit that they're potentially thinking about retaining. Um, I hear what um, Councillor Light said about it being a loss of a green space in Saffron Walden but I mean quite honestly, the other side of the wall is Audley M Park. I mean, you don't get a bigger green space anywhere than that, so I don't think we can really use that. Um, 
I'm a regular user of um, Abbey Lane. Um, I have concerns about the construction traffic. It is a, it's not that it can't, can't go up and down there. Of course it can, otherwise all those houses that are there now wouldn't be built. But I would like to um, ask if there's anything we can do about... Um, sort of making sure about the timings of construction traffic down there and also the, the parking of um, the workers during the time that they're actually working on this because that is, that is one of the problems down there. It's used by a lot of people who work in town. They park down there as well. It is quite congested at lots of times. Um, so I, 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 I don't have an objection to the application but I am very conscious of the... Of, what it's like with um, construction traffic around and about. Um, it's just really about can we make sure while development is going on, where do the people who work on that site park? What can we, what can we do about that? Um, and as for older people not liking construction going on, I mean, having um, been a member for housing here, I can tell you we've done numerous sites for sheltered accommodation. We've in the throes of two at the moment and actually they've both got residents on site and, and um, really they do seem to be they, they quite enjoy the um, some of the uh, relationships that they build up with the different people that are working on those sites so I know it's an irritation I know that um, building work next to you is not very nice but it is only short term so if, if we could do something about the parking during construction and the construction traffic I'd be happy to support this can I also add to that? I know you don't like it, uh, Mr. Brown, but because it is a sensitive site, could we have wheel washing facilities, please? I, a I, condition? We can come in with it more than that, to be honest. We can, if we put on an application, put on a condition, construction management plan condition, you're right, I don't like them, but they can help. But what's also important is there's quite clearly this is going to be a challenge of a dwelling to build. There's no, there's no doubt about this if members approve this. So what I would suggest is a construction management plan, but then also say that prior to development on site, including installation of site huts and stuff like that, uh, we have some engagement with the, with, the, with, the, with the residents next door because there's quite clear an issue. So construction management plan suitably worded so there's early engagement before anything happens on site. And we, we, can, we can word a condition on that, on yeah. that basis. You happy with that, Councillor Redford? Okay. Clarification, please, from Mr. Gibbons. Um, that parking spot that we saw a car parking this morning was marked out with white lines. Is that a disability parking spot? If it is, it's only one metre before the drop-down curb to go into that site. And if there is no permission for going for, to remove that particular uh, parking spot, I can't see how a lorry can get in there. Yeah. With it being private land, it's not a, it's not a local authority constructed um, standard disabled parking bay. It's obviously being a private bay provided by the, um, the Hanover Housing Association. Obviously, if this bay is blocking a right of access, a legal right of access that they currently have now, and then they will start using it if this gets approved, then that is a civil issue between the Hanover Housing Association and the owners of the okay, site. Okay. So, 
obviously we wouldn't want it to happen. But Sounds the, like it's going to be a bit of a problem there. It may be up to the Hanover Housing Association to provide um, parking elsewhere for the resident, but it'd be something that they but would that, have that to... But that one's almost outside the front door, so it mm. looked like a disabled thing, so somebody could get wheelchairs in and out, whatever. P potentially, yes, but they may have to rejig the... I, I, the I realise you can't turn it down as a planning thing, but basically yeah. I, think that, I just that, bring it to the members. It just seemed crazy. Yeah, that, that's the key thing. Obviously, if that house, if a house had been built in 2001 when it was previously approved, chances are that parking bay would never have been built. But obviously, Probably. that house was, it was never okay. constructed. The verm, they've, they've took advantage of thank it, you. they've had advantage of it. That's fine, thank you. I have Councillor Lemon and then Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, two, uh, three things, really. Um, it's outside the development limits again. It's within the conservation area. But I'd like to come back again... To, to this Parkins plot, but it's obviously there for people with special needs because it's the nearest place to the entrance that's for people with special needs. Now, Hanover own that, so are they likely to want to say to their people with special needs, or ever so sorry, they're going to build a house there and we're going to have to move your special needs parking spot 20 yards away? But, you know, I can't see that they will do that. Now, if Hanover don't agree to move that spot, there's no way people are going to get free entrance in and out of the, of the area. And, and unless I can get confirmation that Hanover will move that and it won't be any further away from the special needs entrance to, the, to Hanover Place, I'm afraid I'd have to vote against the um, application. Can I just re-repeat what Councillor Counts just said? Although there is, going to be an, there is potentially going to be an issue, it is a pure civil issue. It is not an issue for the Planning Department, planning consideration of this application. Um, but I can also add another thing that you said there was also about the development limit issue. Um, as I say, the development limit issue is because of the age of our local plan. That's not compatible with the MPPF, we're out of date in terms of our development limits. And what usually comes as a result of it not being a development limit, and we've done it this afternoon, is the impact is it's a countryside consideration. And uh, members made that judgment earlier on that the site was outside the development limits, but in reality it was countryside and there was harm to countryside. This site is outside the development limits, but it is as close to anywhere in facilities than anywhere else in the district. So I don't think the development limit issue and impact on the countryside is really a consideration here, because it, it's just a line. The development limits is just a line, um, and, it, and, and so therefore the, the, the converse for not being the development limits has been countryside. And this is, this is a site between existing houses and a public car park, and I think this is as far away from being a countryside as you could be, to be frank. So I think members should be careful about the development limit issue. Thank you, Mr Brown. Uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Well, to, to say first of all, this is, this is an awful application in a, in a terrible place and has consequences on, on the lives of a lot of other people. So, having said that first, that's not a planning issue. And so we then have to come and look at the, the technical aspects of the, uh, uh, of the planning permission that we're seeking and the effect on, on the policy that we have. And to say that um, here, S7 does apply, as the report states uh, in 11.4, I think it is, this is technically in the countryside. 
And so I think we should use uh, our power of uh, technical requirements to turn it down just because we all know it's an awful place to build and it will concern, uh, it will cause a lot of grief uh, to, uh, to local residents. And if you come to, we, we, we can't sort of go for the technical side when we like it and, the t and not the technical side when we don't like it. Um, we talked earlier about the um, uh, issue of, of the five-year land supply. We could say that technically under, uh, under Reg 19 we, we, have a, we have a land supply which, uh, which again would help to, uh, to stop this application. So um, I think overall, as I said to start with, it's an awful application. I will certainly vote against it. I think um, Mr. Brown is looking it up for me, but as far as I can remember, S7 says uh, about development in the, cons uh, in the countryside unless it's appropriate. It, or words to that effect, isn't it, uh, Mr. Brown? Just, I will quote it when it I can find it. has to be there is the big issue. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah there we are. Right. I don't like paraphrasing. <laughs> He said, the countryside to which this policy applies is defined as all those parts of the plant area beyond the green belt that are not within the settlement or other site boundaries. I do believe this is in the settlement. In the countryside, which will be protected for its own sake, planning permission will only be given for development that needs to take place there or is appropriate to a rural area. Well, I mean, I'm not... I'm going to tell anybody here how to vote, it's not my job. But I do feel that this it's not in the countryside, it is in a town, and I would think that that was quite appropriate, but I'm sure officers will guide me on that. And then after that, Councillor Riles. Sorry, can you let Mr Brown just answer that, and then I'll come to you, Councillor Riles. Thank you. I think you're just repeating the same tone as what I said. That just you know, it's, it's, it's out, the countryside is defined as stuff outside the green belt, outside the development settlement limits, and outside of settlements. And this is technically outside the settlement limit. Well, it is outside the settlement limits. But I think it's a very difficult argument to say that it's outside the settlement. It's clearly within within Saffron Morden, and not only that, it's outside the settlement limits within the centre of the town. So I think it's a very difficult argument to, to take on that one. And I can also pick up another thing that Councillor Lodge said. The impact on people is not a planning consideration. That's not what we're saying. The particular issue that Councillor Count raised was a civil issue, but impact on residents and impact on the amenities of individuals living in the, is a planning consideration, and members can consider that. And I think that's potentially the main driver of this discussion, to be honest, rather. Councillor Riles. Thank you. A um, couple of points I just want to clarify. Um, overdevelopment was touched on. It said that it's not an overdevelopment of the plot. Now, is that when you're calculating, is that the extent of the land up to Hanover Place, or is that the extent of land where that hedging is? Because if you look at the plan as it is, I, I think that building looks too big um, when, it, when you've got the hedging there. But just on a point of technicality, is that do you, do you ignore the hedging and it's to the end of the... End of the plot. Yeah, the, the hedge obviously doesn't 
obviously market their boundary yeah. but for all intents and purposes that's pretty much where their property is going to be i think this, this plan shows it a lot better than the, the 3d design it shows the whole of the site um it's it's way less than than 33 to 50 percent of the um the curtilage the usable garden space is obviously um, much larger than what you would normally expect in a town centre or adjacent to town centre location. Okay. Uh, next thing I've got is about the car parking. Um, it, from that, it doesn't look as if there's a great deal of space. I dare say, is that going to be checked finally before this is, uh, when it, if this is approved? Um, because I think it's eight metres, something like that, um, and it only shows on one of the pictures there just one car. And as one, I think one of the uh, speakers said, there's, there's going to be more than one car there. I mean, let's face it. Um, so I don't think there's an awful lot of space there. Yeah, the, the, the plan here, you can see um, two car parking spaces here. Oh, and, that, then, okay. and then you've got the, 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 the basic sort of swing out and then drive out in a, in a forward gear. So for a three-bedroom dwelling, two car parking spaces is considered sufficient. Okay. And then finally, this is nothing to do with planning, really. Uh, I'm just echoing uh, Councillor Redfern's thoughts that if we're going to take away that, um, that lovely... Uh, uh, Plants in the, on, the, on the side of that uh, access way. So, um, excuse me, but uh, we, what I, what I was going to say was, if you are going to take away those, those plants or whatever, can um, uh, can the applicant do something between the hedges, landscape that where it faces Hanover, so that it provides extra amenity for uh, the inconvenience that this proposal may, may bring. Yep. On the, um, the submitted drawings, um, it shows a 300mm uh, wide landscaping strip on the, the historic wall looking east, and also the condition 8 of the, um, the delegated report asks for a submission of a landscaping scheme to be assessed. So okay. obviously we the, can look into this that. This is not a condition. I can't put a condition on for somebody else telling them what to do on their land, I don't think, but I'm just thinking it would be nice if they go the extra mile to make it more pleasant for the residents of Hanover. Sorry, it would be nice, Councillor Oz, but it's not a planning issue. Well, I just thought... It, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, we like to put it... We sort of, we're hoping that the applicant might, you know, might affect their conscience a little bit. Okay. If I could assist, Madam Chairman, it would only be binding in honour, not in law. I'm trying to say thank you. Councillor Chambers. Uh, thank you, Councillor Ross. <coughs> You're right. Yep, I'm breathing. I'm glad you uh, mentioned conscience because I think obviously with something like this it is extremely difficult where you have a, a elderly people living. Uh, and before Councillor Lodge was on the County Council I had lots of dealings with Hanover Place because there were real problems with parking. Probably still are I should think to a degree. I did help but to a degree. Now to satisfy my own <coughs> conscience I carried out my own communications who I know a lot of people down that way most people do not object to that application I don't care what people say in here the people that I know down there or some of them I didn't have one person objecting so that from my point of view that was reassuring now there are it is going to affect some people but there are lots of things, if you listen to what's been said, that will affect it. First of all, if you look at the site itself, 
saying it's in the countryside when you can't, it's actually just a piece, a little piece of land that you can only get access from through Hanover Place. And no way, you're going to build either side, either end, either point, whatever you like. It is just a piece of land there, which, all right, from a planning point of view, is it would be extremely difficult to refuse one building. Now, from the access point of view, as was said, although it's not a planning consideration, if Hanover own a little piece of land and will not do anything with Audley End Estates, then you can have what planning permission you like. Unless you get a wheelbarrow out and go up there and take all your bricks up on a wheelbarrow or something, you're not going to build it, are you? So that is not something that we, I think, as a planning committee, uh, should concern ourselves but on overall, looking at it overall, then I would like to propose approval because I think that's the right thing to do. Taking into account all the things that have been said with elderly people and trying to do what we can to ensure when, if and when it's built that the noise is as low as possible, then that's fine. I will so propose, Madam Chairman. Okay, well, I'm happy to second that with the um, management plan, the construction management plan. Are you happy with that? Uh, as count, as Mr happy. Brown said, he's very happy with that, he says. Okay, so we've got a proposer and a seconder. Have, have we got anybody else who'd like to speak? No, well, we'll go to the vote. Um, those in favour of approval, please show. Four, six, six. Six, and those against, please. Three. So that is approved. Thank you. Right, we go now to UTT 18 stroke 1693 stroke FUL, and this is in Clavering, and it's Mr. Mills to take us through that. Thank you. When, when all is said and done, orderly end, if they have... Thank you, Chairman. The site is located off Wickham Road in Clavering and comprises an undeveloped parcel of land with a recently formed vehicular access. The application is for planning permission to erect two detached dwellings, which would be served by a single point of access and provided with separate driveways and private rear gardens. This street scene drawing shows how the proposed dwellings would sit alongside the existing properties of the Hazels on the right and Green Gables on the left. The buildings would have two storeys and a traditional appearance. All relevant planning policies and material considerations have been considered in my report and it is recommended that planning permission be granted. Thank you, Mr Mills. Well, we have um, the District Councillor, Councillor Oliver, and you have five minutes, Councillor Oliver. Thank you.
Good afternoon, Chairman. Here we go again. Now, this site was the garden and orchard attached to the house, which is known as Hazel's. And as your report states, this was separated off some 25 years ago and for that period of time lay undisturbed. It's just worth considering what happened next in its history. In July 2015, an application was made to build two houses on the site. The UDC turned that application down. This was appealed. And in June 2016, only two years ago, this appeal was dismissed. At this stage, it had become a wildlife sanctuary used by large and small animals. I witnessed, on my own account, fallow deer crossing the road therefrom in the evening when returning from council meetings. The ecological report found low biodiversity on the site. Well, that's not really surprising since the whole place was cleared and grubbed up. One of the concerns of the inspector was the effect of this proposed development on the two houses which have in the, which are in the neighbourhood, in the Clavering side of the Green Gables and Rivington, both chalet bungalows. Since the original application was for two two-storey houses, the inspector stated that it would intrude, introduce building, a building form of dwelling which was uncharacteristic in this, part, this particular part of Wickham Road, and then further she stated it would introduce development on a piece of land that is currently open and free from any development by two houses which are unlike any neighbourhood, neighbouring properties. Suddenly, we're now moving on from the inspector's refusal, suddenly the agent, the then agent, not the present agent I accept, gave instructions for the site to be cleared and the fence to be removed. Then there was an application to build two much smaller houses in May 2017, under a year after the refusal of the inspector. This year approved. It was immediately followed by another application for two larger houses, although slightly smaller than the original application, and again you improved it in September 2017, just a year ago. This was followed yet by another application which thankfully was refused in March this year. Now we have this application. This frankly seems to be somewhat greedy. They've already got planning permission. So this, is, this was given, a, you gave it approval, it was refused by the inspector. So what is the case for asking for more without any justification? So when will it stop? We're going to go for the ne next, next six months, we're going to have another application. I hope not. Can I remind you the site is outside the Clavering development area? It is, I appreciate, within easy walking distance of a gastro pub, but not within reasonable walking distance of the, two, of the main assets of the village, the shop, the school, the church, and the Christian centre. There is no bus service, so the likelihood of anyone acquiring one of these properties will, will have to have two cars. The train services and the doctor's surgeries are at Newport and certainly not in working distance and neither is Audley End Station. These houses, therefore, if approved, will be at the end of Clavering in not in a sustainable position. 
as planning permission has already been approved, I would ask you to leave it there by declining, declining this, this application. Can I also ask that you give consideration to the hedge, which was arbitrarily removed by the be arbitrarily removed to be replaced. Again, returning to the inspector's, inspector's report, she said, any screening at the front of the site would not be sufficient to outweigh the impact of the building form which is out of character in this rural location. Clearly the return of the hedge is not the full answer, but it will help. Could you just go back to your picture of the screen, of the street scene? You can't see there, but underneath, in little letters, it said, hedge to be retained. Hedge to be retained. Which is very good to have a little street screen like that, but there is no hedge. And also, in the design and access statement, the applicant stated that the hedge is now three metres high. Could you wind up, please, Councillor Oliver? Yes. Your five minutes has gone. Fine. And they intended to keep that, that hedge as possible. So, first of all, I would ask, please, decline this thing. And if you are going to approve it, please insist that that hedge is put back to what it was. And, and perhaps we can have a, an application which does not have a false hold in it, because there is no hedge there now. Not certainly three metres. Thank you, Councillor Oliver. Now we have Stephanie Gill, who is the parish clerk at Clavering. Sorry, you always I don't know if that's a promotion or a demotion. Uh, parish chair Thank at you very much. Clavering. <laughs> I have been for seven, eight years now. In May, I'm actually going to repeat something that much of what Edward has said. We never compare notes. In May 2017, this planning committee granted permission for two dwellings on this site, the sizes of having, which have increased in subsequent applications in September 2017, and has thus arrived at the extant permission for the two dwellings. Now, this perplexed Cavering Parish Council, because at the Inspectorate appeal for this same site in 2016, and it was stated, and here I quote the Inspector, that the site makes an important contribution to the rural and open setting on that part of the Wiccan Road, the economic and social benefit of the support to local services and contribution to the housing supply created by the two-dwelling development would not outweigh the harm to the countryside that would be caused by the loss of the green and open site and by the introduction of an inappropriate form of development. I, the inspector, cannot be satisfied that sufficient measures could be taken to provide greater opportunities for biodiversity than in its current undeveloped form. Therefore, the inspector concluded, because of the harm to the intrinsic character and beauty of the countryside, developing this site would not constitute sustainable or appropriate development. So Clavering Parish Council sought advice from the planning inspectorate as to how such a decision could be overturned by UDC. This is in 2017. And we also asked about the process for further planning applications for the site. We were informed that further applications needed to demonstrate how all the findings of the inspectorate were overcome, e.g. submission of an acceptable biodiversity plan and its implementation, application for a smaller build. 
Please note only the latter, i.e. the smaller build, was addressed by the UDC Planning Department in May 2017's granted permission. CPC reminds the Planning Committee that as at today's date, no biodiversity retention measures have been submitted for the extant permission, let alone for this one. The site was raised in 2017 and in March 2018 it was when the hedgerow fronting the whole site was grubbed out. The permission currently sought is of the same total size of build turned down by the inspectorate and which the inspector found at the appeal not to be compatible with the design, form and scale of the neighbouring dwellings. Moving the build back on the site, which is what has happened in this street scene, does not actually make the height of the building smaller. Exactly the same as the application which was refused at appeal, this proposal in front of you has dwellings and hard standing and has the appearance of a mass of development spanning the width of the site which compounds the appearance of the loss of open space. And as Councillor Oliver pointed out, the inspector stated that any screening at the front of the site would not be sufficient to outweigh the impact of this built form across the whole site, which is out of character with the rural location. Given the demonstrable lack in this current application to overcome the inspector's appeal at findings for this rural site in the countryside, which is also outside development limits, Clavering Parish Council trusts that the Planning Committee vote against this utterly inappropriate form of development. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I'm sorry, I have you down as a clerk on my sheet. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'll open it up to the floor as we have no other speakers. Councillors? Oh. Deadly silence. Ah, Councillor Redfern. Could I ask Luke just to confirm something that Stephanie said about the fact that the street scene looks like the houses are the same height because they've been moved back. Are they the same height as the ones either side of them or have they been moved back to make it look like they're the same height, please? Okay, so um, what's actually being proposed as set out in the report is a condition that stipulates that the eaves and ridge heights of the buildings are shown on that drawing in relation to other, other um, dwellings. So, yeah, there's not going to be any illusion there. The actual heights will be like that relative to the other houses. Councillor Chambers? Could I ask just a question, um, Madam Chairman? Um, when the application came up before us, it was either the last one or the one before, the proposal was for the houses to be further back on the site, was it not? Um, no, that wasn't the last application. It, it, I don't think they were further back than they are now. I mean, forgive me, I can't really recall. Um, I think what we'd spoken about before was the, um, the dismissed appeal at the very beginning that had garages that were set a long way back into the site. And that was quite a big issue to the inspector as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the scheme's evolved over time, but fundamentally there is a permission or two permissions there for two dwellings on the site. So it's for... It's mainly the difference is, well, the only real difference is design, so it's up for members to consider whether the, this design is appropriate. Councillor Riles. Thank you, Chair. Um, I, get, I sense this is what 
I suppose in, in a military scheme, you call it like mission creep. I think we've gone a couple of times to get what they want. It's been turned down. And I think they're trying to, the applicant seems to be trying to wear us down again, and they keep going and going and going until we eventually give in. Now, that's my personal opinion. Um, I, uh, if they've already got planning permission for um, uh, some buildings, two buildings that were acceptable at the time earlier on this year, I think I would probably leave it at that, and in which case I will vote against this. Is that a recommendation for refusal? Absolutely. Do I have a seconder? Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry, hang we on. We need to have some policies for that. Yeah, you need to, okay. you need a, to give reasons. Uh, can I just well, also... That's this why I'm leaving you to your expertise. Can I, can I just clarify one patient? This is a different applicant. This, the issue is this isn't, this isn't creep. This is an application got to a... That might have been where we were before, where an applicant was, was tinkering with the same application. What's happened here is the land has gone to a different landowner who's now picked up the land. He's had one go because he just wants to build what he wants to build as opposed to what somebody else wants to build. And it's the variations of a theme. And the previous one was refused because I think, if Luke can correct me, it started reintroducing the garages again. He started introducing garages to the front, so it was back down to the original problem. Okay, so this I, isn't I, the same applicant going in and in and again, it's just a different applicant. Okay, my, my Councillor Riles, I'll allow you to come back. I, yeah, thank you. I retract those statements. Then I thought it was the same applicant. Having said that, though, um, irrespective of who the applicant is, you've taken those rules into, um, into uh, in consideration when you approved the last scheme. And if you turned the properties down when they were larger before then it doesn't matter who the applicant is at the end of the day um, that the last scheme has been approved and, and I think that's sufficient for this site. And also, obviously, the biodiversity thing, the hedge has been ripped out um, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. So you're standing by your refusal, are you? Absolutely, but I'll leave it to the, the experts. Well, you need no, to give I, don't, I can't add a policy to all that. You there cannot. is no okay. reason, because you're basically saying <clears throat> an, uh, uh, any, someone cannot change their, their minds regarding an application, and that is no policy basis to it whatsoever. And, and so the previous application, which was deemed acceptable, was acceptable, and you've got to find something wrong with this actual scheme. Okay. What is actually wrong with this scheme? O Overdevelopment of the plot? Well, if you, uh, if you don't find some proper valid reasons, it oh, will right, okay, definitely right. fail at appeal. Or an inspector will look in there just because you don't like it. So you've got to come up with some proper reasons. It's not the question I just don't like uh, well, it. Count, uh, I'm uh, trying Mr. to rely Brown on what the history of the site is. And that if you've had reasonable... It's been turned down before trying to get build larger properties on this site. Um, and I think that should be enough, really. Your, this application is different only in the fact that it's a different design. I don't think it's any bigger than the previous one that we've approved. So you're saying that, you know, and, and so I think the, the planning history is a material consideration. And because this site, it, it isn't any bigger than the one that we've previously approved. In fact, we've approved one potentially bigger than this. I don't know. That's not for sure. But we certainly have not approved one. This is no bigger than ones that we've already approved. And to actually refuse it on those grounds is very, very difficult. Bear in mind. Councillor Hicks, sorry, thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I think we should try to achieve in planning the um, uh, committee is consistency. And since this was approved for two houses on this site, um, uh, 
and these, the current proposal apparently is not changing anything materially in terms of size and so on, it seems to me that we should reinforce what we decided in March and, uh, and approve it accordingly. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Well, before I come to Councillor Chambers, we have um, a recommendation for approval, but I haven't had a seconder for that. So does any, did you want to uh, second that, Councillor Chambers? Yes, no? Approval. No, for refusal. No. No, okay, so we don't have a seconder for that. So would you like to speak then, Councillor Chambers? Thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, Madam Chairman, it's always very difficult when, uh, as I said before, being a rural person, it's always very difficult when you have a site like this. But having approved two already on that site, or being another developer, then if you look at this, Councillor Ryle said about overdevelopment, and I can understand to a degree what he's saying, but if you look at that plot, it's quite simple. Could you go back, uh, Councillor Mills, to the... No, keep going. I don't know whether you've got one on here. Well, it's, yes, that, that one will do. Now, if you look at the sites on there, where you've got Green Gables, as I read it, you've got Rivington, is it? Rivington? Rivington there. Alexandra, Edwina, Highfield and Willow Mead. They're all about half the size of that one. Now, or more than half the size of that one, but it's not overdevelopment. You can't put that down for a reason because that just isn't to me. I might, there again, I might not like it, but actually having given permission before and another person's put forward their view of what they want to, to build there, we haven't got any justifiable planning reason to refuse it. No. Okay. So I'm quite happy to propose approval, Madam Chairman. Well, we've got a bit of a stalemate here. Uh, okay, Councillor Lodge, uh, sorry. I'm... He said he was proposing. Oh, yes, sorry. We've already had a proposal, but there was no seconder. That's right. That's right. So it, uh, it's not valid if there's no seconder. So can I let... Ca oh, sorry, Councillor Lodge, you now want to refuse that. Are you looking for a seconder for the approval? No, for a refusal. I beg your pardon. No, no, we didn't get a seconder for refusal. Sorry. So then we yeah, better make this clear. Yeah, there was no seconder for a refusal. So now Councillor Chambers has offered to uh, approve I thought, it. I thought Councillor Hicks proposed. I'm, sorry, I was did you ca proposing yes. approval? But but I was happy what, to, to approve? Yeah, no, I'm talking about the refusal now. Hang on, let's all let's all breathe. Bit of yoga. Hang on, no, hang, on, hang, on. Mrs. Smith hang on, Mrs. Smith, our legal officer wants to say something. Hi, we'll sort of get this sorted out. We had a proposal. Yes. Testing, testing, testing. Okay, we have had a proposal for refusal for Councillor Riles, which didn't find a seconder. We then had a proposal to approve from Councillor Hicks, which I believe our revered Vice Chair, Councillor Chambers, has seconded. Is that right? I'm quite happy with that. So. 
Whichever way you like. Sorry, I didn't I see. I did. Yeah, no, no, but that, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, sorry, I didn't see you propose that, Council Hicks. I thought you just spoke no, to no, it, but he so did. you're okay. So you're going to propose it, and Council Chambers is going to second it. So can we go to the vote? If did you want uh, Councillor Lodge now wants to speak? Okay, Councillor Saffron Walden wants to speak. Well, um, well we're not prejudiced. Listening, that's fine. listening, listening carefully to Councillor Oliver. Um, his assertion was that this development very closely resembles the one which got turned down by the inspector. Now, the inspector must have turned it down for some pretty good planning reasons, because that's what inspectors do. So could I take a step back to that and try and understand that? I'm sorry, I don't have that documentation here. Why did the inspector turn that one down? Well, I don't mind that you're getting that reason, but we do have a proposal and we do have a seconder now for approval. So I'll have to turn to advice now from Mr. Brown. Can Councillor Lodge know I, what happened I before? I think for clarity of the consideration of this application, I think it's good that Councillor Lodge gets an answer to that question. Yes. And so I think, so I don't know if you're in a position to answer that. Yeah, I think Luke. Okay, Mr. Mills. Okay, so... Um, I mean, it's, it's not the same scheme that was refused and dismissed at appeal. Um, I think Councillor Oliver is trying to waive the inspector's decision there. Um, I mean, it's all publicly, inf publicly available information. It's on our website. I've pointed to it in my report um, with respect. It's something that you could have looked at beforehand. Um, Ooh, so there's, there's a rebuke. To be, well, to be fair, that would no, lead us to half a million papers each application. I think we could expect a little bit of help. Sorry, if I could continue. Um, so the point is, we, there is a history, and I've pointed members to the relevant applications, and now we have a scheme for consideration, and members have to consider this scheme. I mean, we could, if, if we'd had the... Um, pointers beforehand that there are specific paragraphs in the inspect excuse me, from the inspector's decision that you wanted to talk about than we could have done. But we don't have that. So the point is, this scheme uh, is Mr. up for Mill. consideration. Yeah, yeah, Mr Mill, sorry, I think you've put it very eloquently. <laughs> that you pointed to it in the papers. If yeah. somebody didn't read it or any of us didn't read it, then that's our own fault. So I'm going to go to the vote now. Um, uh, can I, can I, can I'm concerned that what members, I think members would strongly recommend approval for it, but the big issue from Councillor Lodge is the big issue on the original dismissed appeal, and I should add the refused application under delegated powers for this current yeah. attempts, is all about block and footprint of the application. And I think the big issues were about there was garaging, I think garaging forward of the application, and that was the main That's sticking right. point. And because of that, it was a massive footprint, and that caused a problem for the inspector. Um, there was an issue over the height of the dwellings as well, which were reduced in height, but the big issue was the footprint, and that was footprint was reintroduced on the previous, most recently refused delegated report. Yes. This has removed that footprint. So the big sticking point at appeal, one of the big sticking points at appeal, was the footprint issue. So that's the difference between this and that one. And we are voting, to be clear, we are voting on this application. So could we now please... Go to the vote. All those in favour of approval, please show. All those against? That's two against, so that is approved. Thank you very much.
Councillor Redfern, sorry, I'm going to throw you out. Councillor Redfern, you have an interest in this application, so I have to ask you to leave if you don't mind. Thank you. Right. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Now we we come to UTT stroke one eight stroke oh four two zero FUL Great Eastern, and I will ask uh, Mrs. Jones to take us through this application, please. Uh, this application has been referred to committee as the site is owned by the council. This application relates to a site in the village of Little Eastern and there is currently a vacant detached bungalow on the site. The site is located within the development limits of Little Eastern where policy S3 states that development compatible with the character of the settlement will be permitted. The existing bungalow is set back from the road and access to the site is via a single lane road that serves five residential properties. Here is a photograph of the existing dwelling. It is no longer in a habitable state. The proposal is for the demolition of the existing bungalow and the erection of a detached dwelling. The property would be set back from the road, it would have four bedrooms and three parking spaces and a garden in excess of 300 square metres. There are bats on the site, however Essex County Council Ecologists have no objections subject to conditions. This slide shows the proposed elevations of the dwelling. And this slide shows the existing and proposed street scenes. The top one is the existing and the bottom is the proposed, with the proposed dwelling on the right-hand side. Policy H2 states that a replacement dwelling will be permitted if it is in scale and character with neighbouring properties. The proposal is considered to be acceptable and subject to conditions is recommended for approval. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. Before I open up, I should explain why Councillor Redfern left. She is actually the portfolio holder for housing, and therefore we were advised by a legal officer that she shouldn't be present for this application. So I'm going to throw it open to members now. Thank you. Councillor Chambers and then Councillor Lemon. Uh, Madam Chairman, I'd just like to propose approval. Councillor Lemon? Oh, you were going to. So you're second in that, are you? Councillor Hicks, you want to speak? Yes, please, Chairman. Um, yes, please, Chairman. Um, my first reaction to this is to, um, to, to think that um, we are constantly preaching that we should be having uh, more affordable accommodation within the district for housing. And yet, um, when we have an opportunity with piece of land available, and by reason of demolishing this bungalow, um, that we go for a four-bedroom house with three parking spaces. It seems to me that um, from the council's point of view of making money, that may be a good idea, I don't know. But it seems to me that it's not use of land in the way that we're normally preaching land should be used when it becomes available to the council. 
So uh, that, um, that would be my first reaction, to ask for some explanation of why a four-bedroom house has been chosen as the way of uh, utilising this particular piece of property. Well, I can ask for an explanation from that. It will be Mrs Jones. Um, we have to um, decide on what's submitted as part of the application and whether this um, building, the house that's proposed, whether it's suitable for this location. Um, we can't say we want a two-bedroom bungalow. It's just whether, because it's in um, development limits, it's whether it's compatible, that what's proposed is compatible with the um, surrounding buildings, and that's what it's been assessed on. Chambers. Sorry, Councillor Hicks wants to come back. If I could come back, Chairman, on that. Um, in that case, it's not planning department. I should be asking for explanations. It's housing department. So excluding the um, portfolio member for housing perhaps wasn't the um, best move we should make. But still, she'll, she'll still be the uh, portfolio holder for housing after this meeting finishes. But no way. Sure, that's <laughs> Sorry, we do have a housing officer here. Uh, if we're allowed to ask her that question, Mr. Brown or Mr. Smith? There's no reason why I'm not. Mrs. Snares, would you like to come and give us an explanation, please? Before she answers the question, I should add it's irrelevant with respect, Judith. <laughs> Because made in another place, not here. So, but anyway, that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a point of information. I'm told. <laughs> uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, this is a, a bungalow that's within the housing revenue account, uh, and we're not quite sure how we acquired it. It's a one-off bungalow, detached bungalow on a piece of land. We think it might have come from the um, rural, um, Dunbar Rural District Council in the past. It's obviously in a location where it's not um, within other council stock. It's not a suitable property as such, and obviously the decision was that if we could get planning permission to build a detached property on this and be able to sell that, then that will raise um, a large sum of money that we can then put into the housing revenue account um, to better spend on a more suitable location for a building affordable housing. So that was the reason to dispose of this, to be able to build affordable housing on a better, more suitable site, as this site really wasn't considered the best location to have affordable housing. You certainly couldn't build a development of affordable housing on this site. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mrs. Snares. Does that satisfy you, Councillor Hicks? Thank you, Chairman, and thank you to the officer concerned. A very uh, acceptable explanation and well explained. Thank you. <coughs> Councillor Chambers dying to say something here. Well, just to say, Councillor Madam Chairman, Chairman, thank Mrs. Snares very much, because that's what, if she hadn't have said that, then I'd have thought to myself, well, where the policy isn't right somewhere, but she's answered it. Thank you. Well, it was fortunate I asked her to speak then. So, right, okay, so we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Right, that's unanimous, thank you.
Right. Could we get Councillor Redfern back, please? Oh, Councillor Riles has left the room. Yeah, of, I presume because of Mrs Barker, Councillor Barker. Oh, oh Councillor Riles has just oh, come dear, back again. All oh, right, we <laughs> wanted. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So is everyone present and not quite correct? Okay, right. It was approved, Councillor. Uh, it was approved. Yeah. So now we go on to um, UTT 18 stroke 1695 HHF and Mr McAvoy will take us through this application. Thank you, Mr McAvoy. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, this is a application, a combined application for planning permission and uh, listed building consent. Um, it has been referred to committee because the applicants are the councillors Barker. Um, the proposal is to demolish the existing conservatory, which you can see in this photograph, and replace it with a um, family room, a garden room uh, of similar dimensions but with a tiled roof. Um, there would be some changes to the fenestration throughout the building, and if I can get it... Um, this porch will be enclosed with a new front door. Um, the recommendation is for approval. It is a relatively simple um, application, if I dare say it like that. Um, it basically complies with policy, mostly SPD1 and policy H8. Um, the conservation officer has looked at the proposal and she would regard it as an improvement to the um, host building. Um, so like, oh, I haven't showed the plans. I do beg your pardon. Right, so there's the existing elevations. <laughs> there's the proposed elevations. Where's the mic? Where's the cursor? So there you go. Here is the new family room. Um, the only new addition would be a, a chimney for a log burning um, fire for the building. Oh, and there's also one other thing is you can see that some of the roof will be retiled for like for like as well. Oh, thank you, Mr. McAvoy. Right, Councillor Wells, you would like to speak? Propose the recommendation, Madam Chairman. I'll second, second that, Madam Chairman. No reason to refuse it. Any other speakers? We'll go immediately to the vote then. That was recommended for approval. So could I have a show of hands, please? That's unanimous. Thank you. Now, while we have you on the spot... Mr. McAvoy, we, I'm told we have to do UTT 181696, which is a listed building. I know it's the same building, but we have to take them separately. So thank you. Well, I'm happy to recommend it for approval. Right. All right, we have to take the vote again. So Councillor Redfern has recommended or has uh, approval for... And a show of hands, which one? Oh, Which one? I've got five. I've got five seconders. We said refusal, not <laughs> No, no, did I? <laughs> Approval. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Councillor Chambers is having a bit of a fit by the side of me here. Right, so let's say Councillor Welsh, shall we? Okay, Councillor Welsh. So 
could we have a show of hands now, please? And that is unanimous. And that, as they say, is that. So thank you very much. That's the end of the meeting. Thank you very much.